Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. I'm touch of the ground. I'm on the hunt. I'm after you. Smell like a sound. I'm lost in the crowd. And I'm hungry like the wolf. Wow, we haven't sung a song in forever. Feels like a billion episodes, but it hasn't been. <laughs> What's up, everybody? You are watching slash listening to the Command Zone podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jimmy Wong. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. Jimmy, you know, people thought we were fighting. I know. <laughs> Actually, I've, I've seen, I feel like I've seen you more than I have normally just from all the stuff we've been like going around doing things outside of the office. Uh, but no, we're not fighting. We're not fighting. Unless it's in-game. With our claws. <laughs> yeah. Our werewolf claws. Yes, just a lot going on behind the scenes. It's good to be here with you, Jimmy, though, yeah, because it's, good. It's, good. it's very exciting. Innistrad Midnight Hunt yeah. is now fully revealed, fully spoiled. It comes out in a couple of weeks, I think, at the time you're watching this. And so on this episode, we are going to talk about all of the new multicolored legendary creatures that can be your commanders from the set. Yeah, so not from the commander product. Uh, those are the cards that we won't be talking about today because there are a couple of new ones. But these are cards, just the cards from the main set. Yeah, we Very should cool. say uh, we're actually revealing the full deck list for um, one of the commander yeah. pre-cons on Monday, if you're watching this when it comes out on Friday, I believe. So pretty cool. We'll talk about those uh, commanders from the commander product in a separate video. Well, not just Midnight Helm, but Crimson Vow is coming out later this year too, which oh, yeah. means a ton of new cards from Innistrad. It's one of players' favorite planes of all time, which means you're going to want to pick up cards from those sets. So if you want to, head on over to cardkingdom.com slash command zone and blammo. You can pre-order cards. You can order cards that are synergistic with the ones that we talk about today. But all the most, werewolves. All the werewolves and the wolves. Turns out there's a lot of them. Uh, so go on over. You're going to buy cards anyway. Just type in that link, cardkingdom.com slash command zone, and you're going to get everything that you need right away. Yeah, you want to get those set boosters, those collector boosters. So yeah, you that's get right. Really shiny werewolves. Yeah, yeah, Cardkingdom.com slash command zone. And then when you get those cards, you want to keep them in perfect condition. The best way to do that is to use products from Ultra Pro. They are the company that Jimmy and I trust our own collections to to keep our cards in pristine condition. We like to uh, use those Eclipse sleeves on all of yeah, our yeah. decks. We like to play our cards onto a nice Ultra Pro playmat. Use the Satin Tower 
deck boxes or maybe one of the Mythic Collection deck boxes. I like the Mythic Collection yeah. a lot. That's why I've been storing all of my cards in because they have these four-row binders. I just love them. Yeah, and they look really classy. They've yeah. got like that stitching and the embroidery and everything like that. So Ultra Pro is a great way to protect all of your game pieces. And then the final way to support all of our content is directly if you go to patreon.com slash command zone. You know, if we've provided you with some amount of entertainment over the years and months... It would be a really big deal to us if you could join our Patreon, even for just $1 a month. Yep. Um, you can join and you can set a limit so that you never contribute more than you mean to. And even if it's just a buck, it it really does go a long way uh, towards helping us create the content that you enjoy. Mm. Because I think it's well known that we put a lot into our content. Game Nights takes a ton of production. Oh my to gosh, do. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we've got extra turns and you know the podcast and everything else. And we've got a lot of stuff, like we said, going on behind the scenes. A lot of uh, initiatives that we would like to get off the ground mm -hmm. so if you'd like to help us out if you like our content patreon.com slash command zone is a place to go to support it yeah and you get to watch stuff like game nice and extra turns early just for a buck a month at the minimum if you like us more then contribute more yeah. and of course we also shout out one lucky patron every single episode so this episode is dedicated, dedicated to, to jacob, jacob smith. smith jacob you rock cool name Very all nice. right main topic here multicolored commanders from midnight hunt this is the review of all of them. <laughs> there's um, 11, I think. There's 11, which is actually kind of low compared to, compared to like recent yeah. sets. I'm, I'm fine with it. Uh, we'll do the monocolored commanders in another video, by the way. Uh, but we want to start with the multicolored stuff because, well, let's be honest, it's cooler. Yeah, okay. cool. More colors, more fun, right? <laughs> yeah, but the first thing we want to do is go over the new mechanics from the set, just so you have context for when we're talking about these commanders and what they do. And there is a really interesting new mechanic mm -hmm. in this one that directly has to do with werewolves. It is the werewolf set, after all. Yeah, it's the day slash night mechanic and it's uh, going to affect a few of the cards we talk about today so the day night mechanics let's read the official cards that you'll get in the booster that explain what it is so on the day card it says if it becomes day or night or if a day bound permanent enters the battlefield track day and night for the rest of the game and on the day card it says as it becomes day transform all night bound permanents and if a player casts no spells during their own turn it becomes night next turn and on the night side it says as it becomes night transform all daybound permanents and permanents enter the battlefield nightbound and if a player casts at least two spells during their own turn it becomes day next turn it's kind of similar to how werewolves used to work but yeah. now the game itself kind of tracks whether it's day or night and this creates a new situation where werewolves can actually enter on their werewolf side yeah if it's cool. night when they come in yeah very flavorful as well because it is night the moon is out and so instead of coming in on the front side if their backside says nightbound and it's night they come in on the nightbound side right there are a bunch of rules things though with day night that we're going to go through here because it ends up being a little bit more complicated <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah you right. know, i'm sure it surprises <laughs> no one that it becomes complicated um so let's just be clear here the game starts and it's neither day or night. Yeah. A card has to be played to begin the day-night cycle. So a card would be played, and it will usually say it becomes day or it becomes night. Mm -hmm. And from that point forward, the cycle has begun, and the game will be either day or night until the game ends. Yep, and you have to keep track of it because cards will be affected by that. Yep. The game will have exactly one of the designations, day or night. It can never be both day and night at the same time. 
Uh, and once the game is day or night, it can never return to being neither day or night. It yep. will be either day or night for the rest of the game. Similarly, the whole game is either day or night. So Jimmy can't be like, I'm. it's daytime for me, but it's nighttime for you, Josh. That's not how day-night ever works. It'll yeah. always be either everybody's daytime or everybody's nighttime. We are on the same time zone, I suppose. Yep. Um, it's If it's neither day or night, then the card won't automatically be entering on its day-bound side unless it says it becomes night. Yep. And a spell will always sort of be face or front face-up or day-bound face-up. And these cards, again, they'll say day-bound, night-bound on it. I think they made it so the day-bound side was always like the front face. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, and if it is night, it's going to enter on its night-bound side as well. But it doesn't enter with the day-bound face-up and then transform, right? If you're casting the spell and it has a night-bound side, it will enter on that night side if it's nighttime. It's, it doesn't like enter the battlefield and like looks, oh, it's nighttime. And then flips over. Right. So if it's nighttime and I cast a card that has a daybound and a nightbound side, on the stack it'll be its daybound side. Yeah. But it will enter on its nightbound side. Mm-hmm. And like he said, it will not hit the the battlefield as its daybound side and then flip over. It's just a weird thing where when it resolves, it just resolves onto the nightbound side. So it enters the battlefield on its night side. Yeah. And even though they are technically quote unquote transforming, cards that say transform this card will not force a daybound card going to, to the nightbound side, which is a little confusing. So a card like Moon Mist, it's one in the green front instance, says transform all humans and has some other text on it. If it is a daybound nightbound card, that's not going to flip it. Um, so yeah, only the day night sort of mechanic. Stuff will transform the daybound nightbound stuff. Yeah. If anything else refers to transforming, it will not affect daybound nightbound uh, werewolves. Yeah. It'll only affect the old werewolves, so, so to speak. But there is a card that is called Immerwolf, oh, which gosh. says non-human werewolves you control can't transform. And in that case, that will affect a daybound nightbound permanent because that's not trying to transform it. It's just saying it can't transform. Right. But so, daybound nightbound cards can only transform with the daybound nightbound mechanic. So <sighs> recap, Moonwist Moon doesn't work. Immerwolf does work. Right. So active players that cast no spells will make the daybound switch to night. On their neck, on the next turn. On as the soon next as they say turn. past turn, and it goes to the next turn, yeah. Right, but if the active player casts two spells, then it will become day the next turn, mm-hmm. uh, if it was night. Otherwise, it'll just stay day, I suppose. Um, yeah. Yeah. Innistrad <laughs> has cards with the sun and moon on them, but the, the sort of mechanic switching is new. We should say they're not planning to errata the old werewolves or anything like that. So yeah. this is not going to affect the old werewolves. They will still work in the same way. Let's talk about daybound, nightbound, Jimmy. I think in Commander specifically, it's harder for it to become night. Yep. Because you have to, somebody has to cast no spells on their turn for it to become night. Yeah, and typically your opponents won't be the ones doing this. You will sort of typically have to be the person that forces it to become nightbound. And if you cast a card that says daybound on it and then you pass the turn, well, it doesn't turn because you cast that spell. So it would have to go all the way back to your next turn and then you just do nothing, which doesn't seem that likely. Yeah, so this is sort of traditionally the tough thing about werewolves in general is that in because there's so many more players, it's harder for you the werewolf player to affect whether it's day or night because you can sort of set it up and be like yeah i'm going to turn it to this and then there's three other players that have a chance to affect that before it comes back to you but i'd say ultimately most players don't want to cast no spells on their turn so it's more likely to stay day than it is to sort of get back to you and be night yeah and if it is night it's pretty easy to just cast two spells and then turn it back to day as well yeah um okay it's important to note that only for the cards with the sun and moon symbol in the upper left um they're not MDFCs. They're not like Kaldheim, basically. Right, 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 right. 
Uh, <sighs> so many. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can't choose to cast it on one side or the other. But it'll, you'll see on some of the cards, it'll have a sun sign, and then on the other side, it'll have a moon sign, and then it'll say Daybound, Nightbound on it as well. Yeah, the sun and moon doesn't always mean Daybound, Nightbound, yeah. right? There are transform cards in the set that are not Daybound, Nightbound. They're just the old. Just, they're just transform cards, yeah. and they will work with Moon Mist or whatever. Um, it's gonna be interesting to see these cards, and if, like you said, I think you probably want to run more instants in your deck so you have more abilities and cast zero spells on your turn and then do yeah. stuff on other people's turns but we'll see how that all uh, pans out okay that's an overview a quick one of day and night there's a lot of intricacies and probably a lot of corner cases so you know go to judge chat if you have a question yeah, don't about- tweet at us to ask questions because our chances of messing it up are much higher than we're not judges judge. yeah all right let's go to the next mechanic it is coven Coven is very simple. It just triggers if you control three or more creatures with different powers. Yep. Um, so it'll say, you know, when something attacks, if you control three or more creatures, do something. Do something. Yeah. yeah. And in that case, it wouldn't, like, that doesn't care if all the creatures with different powers are attacking. It just says, do you have those? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And typically, the creatures do have Coven on it, so you'll have at least one to sort of trigger the ability. But having three creatures with different powers, it... You know, I play a lot of limited, and it doesn't actually happen as often as you might think. Sometimes there's like two two twos out and one one three, so this may be a little tough to actually achieve. But there's a lot of different ways to do it, obviously. And in Commander, I think you have a slightly higher chance of getting there. Um, and then the last new mechanic is Disturb. Disturb is interesting. I'll read it off this card, which is our first Commander. There's a Disturb cost, and it says you may cast this card from your graveyard transformed for its Disturb Disturb cost. And often I've noticed with the Disturbed cards, that's really the only way to uh, get their transformed side onto the battlefield. Mm-hmm. Usually they have one side, and that side has to die, go to your graveyard, and then you can cast it for the Disturbed cost out of its graveyard. And that's the way that you get sort of the quote-unquote better st- side on out, right? There's no other way to transform it unless you use like Moon Mist or something like that. Yeah, and I think the case for all the Disturbed costs is that when the, you cast it for its Disturbed side and then that card dies again, it gets exiled. So you can't just sort of keep recasting it out of your graveyard. Yeah. Unless it's your commander. Unless it's your commander. But then it's there's hoops to jump through if it's your commander, right? Yeah. We're going to talk about that actually because the first multicolored legendary creature we are going to discuss is Denik Pious Apprentice. Uh, that's its front side and Denik Pious Apparition is the backside. Disturbed side. So Ooh. let's, yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's read the card. Okay, so this is white and the blue on its front side for a 2-3 legendary creature, human soldier with lifelink. Cards in graveyards can't be the targets of spells or abilities. And then it says, Disturbed for two, a white and a blue. You may cast this card from your graveyard, transform for its disturbed cost, and it becomes Denic Pious Apparition. It's a 3-2, again, a spirit soldier, in this case, a flying one. Whenever one or more creature cards are put into graveyards from anywhere, investigate. This ability triggers only once each turn. And investigate means you create a colorless clue artifact token with two mana, sacrifice it, draw a card. If Denic would be put into a graveyard from anywhere, exile it instead. Or in this case, if it's your commander, it goes back to your command zone. Right. Uh, so Denik is interesting because it's a two mana, two, three with lifelink that stops people from messing around with their graveyard much. Uh, and then when it dies, you got to get into your graveyard somehow. I guess it wouldn't have to die. You could discard it or something. Right. But if it's your commander, it's probably got to die. Uh, then you can cast it for four mana. It becomes a three, two flyer that anytime a creature cards are put in your uh, your graveyard. Any graveyard. Oh, sorry. Any graveyard from anywhere. 
So then it becomes like, oh, if you if you can mill or something, you can s- start making clue tokens. Ever. Or if your opponent discards a creature, a creature dies on the comment on their turn. It only happens once a turn, but technically you could get four clues per turn rotation. Oh, right. Do it on your turn, then the next player's turn, next player's turn. That's interesting. Yeah. So you could trigger or someone else could just incidentally, which is actually kind of cool. So... In terms of getting Denik transformed, you probably need to play it for one in a blue and a white and then sack it or find a way to get it into the graveyard. So you obviously have all your altars, Phyrexian, Ashnods, and the altar of Dementia. Dementia seems really good, right? Because you also are going to want to mill people yeah. once it's flipped over. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, and uh, listen, I hate Dementia, altar of Dementia, and Jimmy loves it. We all know. <laughs> kind of love it. Yeah. <laughs> and I, yeah, as we were sort of putting this together, it sort of occurred to me that this might actually secretly be an an artifact deck. Yeah. Like an artifactocrats deck because you lean towards the artifact creatures. That gives you additional sack outlets like Kirk Clan Ironworks and the blasting grinding station stuff. But then you get to do the mirror retriever, the scrap trawler stuff where junk diver, where you're just kind of like sacking stuff, bringing stuff back, sacking stuff, bringing stuff back. Yeah. That gives you Denic ways to get Denic in the graveyard, but then also to get creatures in graveyard to make clue tokens that you can also do on other players' turns. Yeah. And you have great cards like Tashar, Ancestor's Apostle, which is one of those cards that like cast a historic spell and artifacts are historic. And you can bring a creature card with CMC three or less from your graveyard back to the battlefield so you could actually get denik back sacrifice him again cast another artifact and sort of get in that world where either you're milling people out or you're doing damage to them with the uh, aristocrats type of uh, effects yeah and uh, the new card oswald fiddlebender which is like the artifact birthing pod yeah probably goes in this deck i think the artifact synergies could work really well with the clue tokens as well a lot of times yeah you're like, making a ton right yeah exactly and a lot of times artifact decks just want to sacrifice clues now all of a sudden the clues aren't just cards they could be mana for kci something like that um and then, so let's talk about, that's that's sort of all under the the um, the umbrella of getting Denik transformed as yeah. far as like you need to be able to sack him and then cast him again. So once Denik is on the quote unquote good side, the, the apparition Stirred. side, yeah, where it's going to make the clue tokens, it's a 3-2 flyer. Now you really want to be, well, I guess there's a couple of different things. One is you want to be making people or yourself um, put creatures into graveyards from anywhere. So uh, there's a bunch of ways you could do this. You could um, cycle cards. Yourself, right? You can just yeah. pay that mana, cycle it, goes into the graveyard from your hand, blammo, triggers Denik. Yeah, there's mill, of course, mill yourself, mill others. Mm-hmm. Um, there's discard, so windfall and things like that will probably, you know, most likely net you a clue token. Um, board, board wipes, wipes yeah. obviously, yeah. Also just single target removal. It's kind of tough in blue and white, though, because blue is about Exile, bouncing yeah. and white's about exiling. So cards aren't going into the graveyard. Um, so you, I think the most part, you're going to want to be able to guarantee that you can make these clue tokens if you can. Otherwise, you're just sort of getting incidental value when someone goes to combat, swings out, but if it's like a token that dies, that doesn't hit the graveyard, does it? Uh, a, yeah, a token would hit the graveyard. Does it count as a creature card? Mm, that's interesting. I don't think it does. Tokens are not cards. So that's interesting that it says creature card. So it's it's maybe their way to say non-token. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but but this would work really well with the Junk Diver, Mirror Retriever, Scrap Trawler stuff, right? Because on my turn, I sack it to Alter Dimension, uh-huh. mill somebody. That's a creature going to the graveyard. It gets something back out. And then on your turn, I do that again, and I do that again, maybe. And, and I can kind of get into these loops where I'm able to put a creature card in the graveyard like every turn and then get three or four clues. Yeah. Um, 
And then you're going Clue Tribal. Who yeah. doesn't want more clues? Uh, there's cards like Erdwall Illuminator that lets you av- investigate each time and additional time for the first time each turn. Academy Manufactures, oh, a new card cool. from, Manu- uh, from Modern Horizons 2. If you create a clue, food, or treasure token, you instead create one of each. That's pretty sweet. That's now you're creating a- treasures? Nuts. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I think Academy Manufacturer might be one of the best cards in this deck because every single time you make that clue, you get a food and a treasure, so you're ramping as well. In it Blue seems Blood. like it would be very easy to just go off now with the sort of KCI combo stuff because if yeah. you're making mana every time you're doing it, now you're just recasting the stuff and yeah, yeah, unstoppable. And then if you have a card like Thorough Investigation, it's two in the white whenever you attack, investigate, and then whenever you sacrifice a clue, venture into the dungeon. So you could use a Kark Clan Ironworks because technically you're sacrificing a clue. You're not paying the two to sacrifice it, but you get to do it that way as well. Yeah, now you're just adding the venture into the dungeon like value onto, you know, maybe sacking a bunch of clues all at once. That seems pretty cool. Uh, there's also clue payoff stuff, so ways to sort of turn having a lot of clues into victory or advantage. Uh, mechanized production is a good one. Oh, yeah. It wins you the game. <laughs> yeah, Enchantment Aura, it says, at the beginning of your upkeep, you create a token that's a copy of Enchanted Artifact. Sorry, you have to enchant an artifact with it, but it would be a clue. Then if you control eight or more uh, artifacts with the same name, then you win the game. Yeah, you could play Mechanized Production, have Erdwall Illuminator out, and then manage to make four clues, aka eight clues. By the time it get back, gets back to your upkeep, you just win the game. Yep, boom, so, Lambo. Junkwinder as well. It's five blue blue with affinity for tokens. And then it says whenever a token enters the battlefield under control, tap target non-land permanent and opponent controls, and it doesn't untap. So that could be a kind of a lockdown solution as well. I think that's actually secretly really powerful. If you can, you know, consistently make a clue yeah. on everybody's turn, you know, you pretty much know I can sack this, bring this back, and get into that loop you can just be like lock that down lock that down lock that down and i got three clues in that process yeah blue white's typically known for being a stacks strategy but danik doesn't really point you in that direction but junkwinder gives you a little bit of that without having to be just all out hey i played stasis and everyone doesn't like me anymore uh, there's a bunch of ways that you can kind of use the clues to draw cards without sacrificing them. There's Glacian, there's Shimmer Dragon. You can kind of turn them into mana if you play Inspiring Statuary or Urza. Yeah. So those are just ways to take advantage of just having a lot of artifacts in general. And, and if you imagine the clue as just like an artifact that doesn't really do anything, yeah. it, it would still work with all of those cards, right? Yep. And Master Transmuter is a great way oh, yeah. if you you know if you don't want to pay two to sacrifice uh, to sack the clue and draw something, Master Transmuter can bounce it to your hand and then blammo, you're putting in a Blightstone level card on the battlefield there. Right, it's a token, so it'll go away as soon as it hits your hand, but you can still uh, target it with Master Transmuter yeah. to get something incredible out. Uh, our preview and, card, yeah, our, our preview card, Rise and Shine, which basically turns all your uh, non-creature artifacts into. What, 4-4 four, four creatures? 4-4s, four yeah. Yeah, so if you had enough clues, you can just turn them into creatures and then swing with them. Yeah, it seems like a win con in this condition, uh, in this case. Uh, yep. Dig Site Engineer is also allows you to sort of like pay mana every time you cast artifacts, and then you get more constructs, and they get plus one, plus one for each artifact you control, so they could just become massive. Yeah, because you're going to have a lot of artifacts, so anything that's going to make a construct that says, you know, its power and toughness are equal to the amount of artifacts you have, yeah. you know, pay two mana every time you cast an artifact and make like a 5-5 five, five or a 6-6. Six, six. Oh, they'll just keep getting bigger, too, because yeah. you're going to just get a a lot of clues off Denik. And it's not the kind of card that I think people are going to be like, gotta remove it, um, because it doesn't seem that harmful until you play your Rise and Shine or your Dig Side Engineer or your Urza Saga or whatever it is to make those constructs. Um, something that I thought about, which is like, well, this seems like such good graveyard hate, but it says cards and graveyards can't be the target of spells or abilities. So cards like Moldrotha doesn't target the cards in the graveyard. You can just yeah. cast them out of there. Uh, you know, it's only going to sort of disable cards like ones with flashback or reanimate or have like a regrowth effect that say target card. Um, but it doesn't stop like Kest Dissident Mage either. And so I don't actually think the front side of Denik is that 
powerful. It will affect a lot of the things, but it won't be the kind of thing that people go, oh, shucks, it's out there. I'm completely doomed. Um, but I do want to put this in a Sephiroth deck. Even though the front side of Denic is really bad with Sephiroth's ability when you complete a dungeon, but I think with Sephiroth, you'd rather discard Denic somehow, get him in your graveyard, and then cast it on the other side yeah. so that now you get a double effect whenever creature cards are put into your graveyard or any graveyard from anywhere. So you get adventure into the dungeon yourself as well as, you know, actually take use of Sephiroth's ability to pull a card out of the graveyard and target it. Just do not cast Denic in the Sephiroth deck. Just try and get into the graveyard. Yeah, all in all, an interesting card. I think having to jump through the hoop of like getting it into your graveyard and then disturbing it out is pretty tough and will will make it hard for Denic decks to be like super, super strong just because that play pattern is, you know, a lot of mana invested and a lot of time invested yeah. just to get going with your main strategy. Because I agree. I don't think you're probably playing Denic for that front side. You're mostly playing it so that you can make clues um, on the backside. So bunch of clues. Okay. And then for our next card. Oh, what happened here? Yeah. Where's Jimmy? This is Craig. All right, this is what we call an obvious insert, a pickup. Uh, there's a card, a legendary creature, a commander, it's multicolored, that we didn't know about when we recorded the set review with Jimmy. Um, we didn't know about it because they're doing something interesting on this set, which is that there are some commander cards that will be appearing in the set booster boxes, but not in the draft boosters. What? Yes, so they've done this before. I believe they did it in Kaldheim. Uh, but this time there's a legendary creature in there, and when we recorded the set review, we didn't know about it. So we're going to talk about it here now really quick. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I'll read the card. It's Lind, or Lindy, maybe? L-Y-N-D-E. Cheerful Tormentor. One and Grixis. One blue, black, red. Four mana total for a 2-4 legendary human warlock. Has death touch. It says... Whenever a curse is put into your graveyard from the battlefield, return it to the battlefield attached to you at the beginning of the next end step. And then at the beginning of your upkeep, you may attach a curse attached to you to one of your opponents. If you do, draw two cards. So we've talked many times in the past about certain commanders being like, maybe this is a curse commander and whatever. This is very clearly a curse commander because it's the first one that kind of says the word curse in the rules text. Uh... So, I guess, obviously, play Curses in the deck. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, <laughs> two that I think go in, like, most curse decks, especially if you're in these colors. Curse of Thirst is a four and a black for an, uh, a curse and enchant player aura. It says, at the beginning of Enchanted Player's Upkeep, Curse of Thirst deals damage to that player equal to the number of curses attached to him or her. There has never been a better deck for that card. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at this and I was like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense, huh? Yeah, that, that, that is good. And the next one is Curse of Misfortunes. This one's interesting. Um, again, goes in a lot of curse decks, but I think particularly interesting in this deck. Four and a black for you know, a curse. Um, at the beginning of your upkeep, you may search your library for a curse card that doesn't have the same name as a curse attached to Enchanted Player. Put it onto the battlefield attached to that player, then shuffle your library. Uh, this is, of course, tutors out curses. Yeah, this is incredible. In incredibly powerful. Also, I could see you enchanting yourself with this card if, Absolutely. Uh, if Lindy's your commander, because then on your next turn, you kind of move that curse and then bring out another one. Exactly. Yeah. And it's another player, right? At the beginning of... Yeah. So... Well, it's... it's it's You... you Tutor out a curse attached to the player that has Curse of Misfortunes attached to it. But okay. if that player is you, and then Lindy allows you to move those curses off on your next upkeep. Oh, and then you're drawing cards. Yeah. Kind yeah, of. Yeah. You're cheating it okay. out. I mean, you. Yeah. I could, like, curse you 
uh, Craig, and then put the curses onto you one at a time. Sure. Which is also okay, because the bo- the downside with that has always been like, well, then the player eventually dies, and what happens to the curses? Lindy brings them back. Um, all attached to you, though, so you can only move one off at a time. So the fact that the curses like come Wait back... Wait a is second. Good. So that when somebody dies, your curses fall off and go into your graveyard. Right. They don't get exiled because they're not controlled what? by the player that died, right? Oh, that's sweet. I didn't even think about that. That's crazy. Well, that I, I think that's always been one of the problems with curses is like you curse a player a couple of times and then it's like, sure, that works and they die, but then you use so much resources on one player that you're like, okay, now I got to start over with a new player. Yeah, right. Lindy allows you to kind of like curse up one player, they go down, you get the curses back, and then one at a time on your upkeep, you can kind of move them around. One at a time is kind of slow. I, I wouldn't want to put like five curses on somebody and then get five attached to me. This got way cooler than I thought. <laughs> uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about was curses work in different ways. These two we just read, they are upkeep focused, mm. right? On an upkeep, something happens. I think in general, you actually want to more use the, the curses that don't have upkeep triggers. So I'm thinking like Curse of Opulence, yeah, that which is great. whenever you attack or one of your opponents attacks the curse player, you get a treasure and they get a treasure. Um, That's really, really good with Lindy because you don't have to sort of eat that one upkeep trigger because the way that she's worded at the beginning of your upkeep, you may attach a curse attached to you to one of your opponents if you do draw two cards. If that's a curse that has like on the upkeep deal damage to you, you'll take the damage the one time before you move the curse away, right? Sure. But if it's like Curse of Opulence, then there's no upkeep trigger. You pass it to somebody and then attack them and immediately get the benefit. Immediately get get the benefit and you draw the two cards. So now your ramp has two more uses for, you right? Know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, there are 24 total curses in the Grixis colors. I just wanted to note that, which in general... When, That's enough for a when for there's a, a themed deck, yeah. deck. We say around twenty five to thirty of like whatever the theme card is. Like if if you're a tribal deck, you want at least twenty five to thirty of that tribe. Generally, there are some exceptions. So this gets us into the wheelhouse. I mean, I think you'd have to play every curse in those colors. There's probably some curses uh, out there in Midnight Hunt that we just haven't seen yet. Yeah, it um, would make sense if they're doing a commander about it. Yeah, and also just I think Innistrad ha- it's like a horror set, so it's had some curse cards in the past. So maybe you get a few more that way. Yep. Um, let's talk about some cards that aren't curses though that maybe go in this deck. You had a good idea Craig about the ability to sacrifice your curses yeah because that allows you to that's another way for them to go to the battle or to go to the graveyard and then you kind of get them back attach you and move them around and draw your two cards so you can get additional value that way and yeah there are actually quite a few ways in these colors to sacrifice just permanence yeah and ones that you haven't seen in a while you know the first one is one that I've been trying to use for a long time it's Claws of Gix Uh, it's a zero mana artifact that says pay one sacrifice a permanent you gain one life. So at instant speed, you can right before your upkeep, you know, during their end step or whatever, whenever you figure, tap one, sacrifice the curse. It goes into your graveyard at the beginning of your upkeep. It comes in, you put it onto somebody else, you draw two cards. So, you know, especially for a zero mana artifact for a one mana activation at instant speed seems seems like something worth going in this deck. You, you kind of tack, tack on to draw two to that whole thing, <laughs> right. right? Exactly. Now, to be clear, you need to do this before their end step. Yeah. Uh, so they go, I move to end step. You go before your end step, I'm going to sacrifice the curse okay. attached to you because at the beginning of their end step, it'll come back attached to you. And then on your upkeep, you can move it. So just get the timing right is all I'm okay, saying when you do that. Okay, that makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. There are a bunch of ways to sort of um, other ways that you could sacrifice permanence. There's Infernal Tribute. There's Dispersing Orb, which also allows you to um, bounce stuff when you sack the permanent. It costs a lot more mana, but that could be pretty useful. Maybe sack a curse, bounce one of your other curses, um, or you know probably bounce that really good creature. But whatever you're bouncing, 
you know, go through the thing, draw the cards, move the curses around. You know, maybe one player is a- draw two cards. You know, control the board. It's a very powerful blue card that I really haven't seen much of ever. Yeah, I think the activation cost is pretty high, as it turns out. So it it's, is. it's tough to actually use, but um, could do some cool stuff for sure. There's also uh, exchanging control of permanents. Now, curses. Generally, once you attach them, they're attached to the player. They don't have a lot of utility from that moment. They don't like attack. They don't do anything else. They just sit there, attach to the player. And so I know that Lindy says, you know, if a curse, um, whenever a curse is put into your graveyard from the battlefield, return it uh, attached to you. So it doesn't actually say a curse you control. It's a curse is put into your graveyard. So what you can do is use something like Puka's Mischief or maybe like Role Reversal and exchange control of your curse that's attached to another player and another permanent on the board. And so you get control of the permanent on the board. They control the curse, but it's still attached to the curse player. Oh, man, that's cool. Yeah, right, and so you right. stole a thing, and now if that player dies, that curse still hits your graveyard. Oh, my, okay. And now still comes this is back making more attached sense. to Lindy, right? And then you can move it around and draw the two cards and everything else. That's cool. Yeah, so it's kind of just makes steel. I mean, blue's already good at stealing stuff, but it makes it a little bit. Usually, the the um, exchange control is a little bit cheaper, yep, or it's yep. repeatable, like Puka's Mischief, uh, things like that. So that's a pretty cool one. Uh, we also thought like just getting more triggers for Lindy would be good. So Trionic Resonator, Lithoform Engine, that allows you to move multiple curses, maybe because, like I said, the downside of this could be. Oh, I, I put get it. five sure. curses I on one, a player, I the other right, and then that player dies, and now I get five curses attached to me, and I'm right. like, I can only move one at a time. At least with Strionic Resonator, Lithoform, I can maybe move two, draw four cards, that kind of thing. Uh, also, uh, Paradox Haze doubles your upkeeps. Um, Sphinx of the Second Sun can double your upkeeps too. So now you get two Lindy, Lind or Lindy triggers. Yep. So. The downside of that is if you have upkeep triggers, like if you've got Curse of Thirst on you, then you're going to take the damage. I guess you'd pass that away on that one first. Hopefully, and then, yeah, exactly. But maybe you get two Curse of Misfortune triggers that way too, so you get two more curses out, although they'll attach more curses to you. Anyway. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of options. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it does seem like this is a viable deck and could do some cool stuff, and we've been waiting for like the perfect Curse Commander for a while, and then they just printed Curse onto a card. So. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Where do you think this kind of maxes out at? It's probably, curses are not good. Yeah. And this doesn't make them a whole lot better. It just makes them maybe somewhat viable. So I think it's hard to push this deck above like a seven, maybe an eight. Yeah. If you if you build around the curses thing, for sure. I mean, if you just took like a strong Grixis shell and just to prove me wrong, you ran Lindy as your commander, you could probably sure. make it higher than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like if you're going no, up. But like this yeah. specific deck probably maxes out. Like, I, I agree, like a seven and a half somewhere. Yeah, there, yeah. that's probably, which is good. You know, yeah, if you're having perfect. that problem in your play group where people are attacking you all the time and... Uh, and, you know, you can't get them to stop well. This is a good way to maybe, you know, build a curse deck. And then, and then maybe they won't take you as seriously. Finally. All right. That's going to do it for our little pickup here. And we're going to go back. Sorry, Craig, you're going to go away and Jimmy's going to come back. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go on to the next one. And dun, dun, dun. This is the commander I am playing on the Midnight Hunt episode oh. of Game Nights, which will be out on L- September 22nd. Let me guess. It's got blue and green in it. No, no. <laughs> it's Rakdos. Whoa. It's Florian Voldaren Scion. One, a black and a red for a 3-3 legendary vampire noble has first strike. Three mana, 3-3 three, three first strike. Not bad. Yeah, that's just good by itself. At the beginning of your post-combat main phase, look at the top X cards of your library, where X is the total amount of life your opponents lost this turn. 
Exile one of those cards and put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. You may play the exiled card this turn. Ah. So depending on how much damage you have done to all of your opponents Mm -hmm. combined, you will get a choice of one of those cards, and then you get the um, impulsive draw thing where you can play the exiled card this turn. Play is nice because you can play lands off of it. Right, that's and, huge. Uh, one of the things I found with Florian is, yeah, you, you definitely want to hit lands with it because that's just guaranteed to give value. And one of the play patterns when playing it is often like you're going to go to combat before, like don't just play your land for turn after you draw, right? Like right. A, a lot of commander players I know, we, we tend to do that. Drop yeah, down. and then you're like, exile cards, crap. <laughs> oh, I exiled four cards and I got three lands and yeah, card exactly. I can't play. Yeah, oh, dang it. I already played my <laughs> land. So don't do that. Um, so yeah, Florian, very interesting card. It's value in Rakdos, but it requires you to jump through some hoops to kind of get that extra card. But it's a card advantage. It's drawing an extra card. And better than that, it is your choice of multiple cards. So it's uh-huh. card selection as well. Yeah. This card works very well with Prosper, I'll say that much, because you're yes. exiling cards and playing from exile. Great with Prosper. Um, um, the nice thing about Florian is that you could just play him and then swing the next turn and probably get through for three damage. So yeah, almost I, a 3-3 three, three first strike that early in the game is almost always going to have a person they can attack. I would say like the first two turns, you're pretty much guaranteed to be able to get through to somebody. So you're going to yeah. look at three cards. Um but then after that, I've noticed, yeah, it can get harder because people tend to... And they know you've got a Florian. They're, they're yeah. going to sit back, try and not give you that free value. So you're going to have to figure out ways to deal damage besides attacking with Florian. Luckily, you're in black red. That's not a huge problem. <laughs> so um, it is important to note that you have to play the Exile card this turn. It's not until the right. end of your next turn. And you still have to pay the mana cost of the card you're playing. It's not uh-huh. like without playing its mana cost. So... I w- would think you're looking for ways to deal damage to all of your opponents that is doesn't cost you mana if possible right. so that you can come out of combat, look at your top whatever, and if there's an awesome card there, you can still cast it. Because, you know, if you... There's a lot of ways to deal damage in red, but if that costs you four or five mana to do it... What are you going to have left after? You can only play the land, but what if you flip... You know, what if you look at the top, you know, 12 cards and there's something awesome, but you're just like, I can't do that because I I don't have enough mana left. How are you going to look at 12 cards, Josh? How are you going to deal that much damage? Okay, well, these first two cards are not going to deal 12 damage, but they will deal one damage to everybody. Yeah. So Thermo Alchemist and Spear Spewer are both pingers. You know, I love mm. pingers. And they just you just tap them and they deal one damage to, well, Thermal Alchemist is each opponent and Spear Spewer is each player. So it'll actually hit you, but you don't care. Yeah, but that's actually one extra card, right? Oh, no, it's each opponent. Yeah. Darn. <laughs> uh, but it's, but it's, it's, those, those are cheap spells. And once they're out, you can cast them before Florian comes out. And once they're out, you just tap them. So it costs you no mana and they deal the damage. And now you're looking at at least three cards for Florian, because what you don't want to do is do zero damage, because then yeah. you're looking at no cards and you don't get the card advantage at all. Yeah, maybe you, you can even can hit them with Florian, so you're looking at six cards total. Um, now, if you want to like be digging real deep into your deck, there are a few this cards. This is almost like a there. tutor if you do this. Yeah, Heartless Hidetsugu. Uh, you tap it to have it deal uh, to each player half their life till it rounded down. <laughs> so if there's like four players at forty life, that's sixty <laughs> damage. <laughs> And it's 60 cards you would look at. That is just straight up like demonic <laughs> That's your whole at deck, that yeah, yeah. And you can play any card out of it. Um, people usually remove Heartless Hidetsugu on site, but it is pretty cool that Florian does let you just sort of go through your whole, almost your whole deck at that point. Yeah. With a card like you that. You literally are tutoring, I think, when yeah. you do that. Um, there's stuff like Sanctum of Stone Fangs, which just kind of deals one damage to every. I mean, it would be the only shrine in your deck, probably. Yeah. Um, 
and and also uh, retreat to Hagra landfall, kind of deal one damage to everybody. Again, these are mana free ways mm-hmm. to be able to deal damage. You know, would you retreat retreat to Hagra? You have to play the land though for that to happen. So it's a oh, little bit of a so, downside. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, I think I would still play it, but um, there's a cool card called Cryptolith Fragment. You know uh, yeah, you yeah, three mana artifact enters the battlefield tapped, but when you tap it. It adds one man of any color to your mana pool, and each player loses a life. And then at the beginning of your upkeep, if if each player has 10 or less life, you transform it. Probably not going to happen in, in most games. Um, and it's a 1-4 flying death touch. When it attacks, each opponent loses three life. So if you do get it to become the Aurora of Emrakul, you're looking at a ton of cards. But just Cryptolith Fragment by itself. Mana Ramp, everyone loses a life. You can tap it really easily to use that effect. Um, I mean, I love, we talk about overlap all the time on the show, so I love any yeah. card that's like, it's in the ramp category, and it's also in the deal damage to all my opponents category in this deck, so a lot of overlap. That's how you build synergistic decks, so I really like yeah. that card a lot. And importantly, Florian is about losing life. It doesn't need to be combat damage, right. so so many extra cards work with it. That's um, a really good point. So damage and loss of life will work with Florian, not yeah. just one, yeah. Uh, then there's two cards there, enchantments, and basically red and black both have a version of the card. It's Pyrohemia and Pestilence. Yeah. And one you have to play red mana, one you have to play black mana, but both for every one of those mana you pay will deal one damage to all creatures and players. Yeah, so it can be a board wipe, but it also can just be a lot of cards that you see with Florian, which yep. is pretty cool. You do, probably only want to do it twice because yeah. otherwise Florian will die, <laughs> but that's still six cards for two mana that you're looking at. Um, and then... Uh, the next category is abuse the trigger off of Florian. So Strionic Resonator, Lithium Form Engine. So if you've done six, or let's just say it's it's a modest c- scenario. Okay. And you've spear spewered and done three damage total, one damage to each of your opponents and yourself. You're going to look at three cards, Strionic Resonator, do it again. Mm. And you get you get basically an extra card. Six cards can play two of them from each of the piles of three. Yep. Lithium Form Engine, similar. Uh, and then... Extra combat steps, I think, actually can work really well with Florian because it's post-combat main phase. Oh, that's right. So if you do damage, you get a post-combat, and then you do something like Aggravated Assault, Relentless Assault, Seize the Day. Right. These all say you get another combat phase and then another main phase. So you get another post-combat main phase. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, because the post-combat main phase can happen multiple times in their turn. There's not only one. If you have any of these cards, you get an extra combat, and they'll say there's another main phase after that combat. It's a post-combat main phase. Pretty sure that works. I'm pretty sure it works too. Yeah. Um, okay. And then, the, you know, Florian's not the first Rakdos commander that cares about you dealing damage to your opponents. So yep. there's a lot of payoffs besides the cards you can get off of Florian for just dealing damage to opponents. Yeah. So one of your favorites, Jimmy. Neheb the Eternal, in this case, at your post-combat main phase, you're going to add a red to your mana pool for each one life your opponents have lost this turn. So you could actually turn this into something huge... Uh, with Florian and any of those other things, and blame now you get like eight mana, ten mana with Neheb out. Yeah, and you can use that mana on maybe whatever card Florian got you. Yeah. So you can, yeah, pull some huge stuff off there. Unfortunately, it's only one card, which is a bit of a bummer, but hopefully it's like a huge X spell or something that does a ton of damage and lights people up. Or like a Wheel of Fortune, maybe, and then uh, you just have a lot you more go. cards you're looking That's at. A, I yeah. like that. I like that quite a bit. Um, Rakdos, Lord of Riots, is a card that. Uh, you can't even cast <laughs> spells. Oh, wait. It says you can't cast spells unless an opponent has lost life this turn. This spell specifically. Yeah, sorry. This the, spell, sorry. For the Rakdos. Uh, but then it says creature spells you cast cost one less to cast for each one life your opponents have lost this turn. So what that can do is make it so that you can play stuff for really, really cheap. Because Florian's already saying, mm-hmm. you know, Spear Spear or something basically gives you three mana in that case. Yeah. So 
Yeah, and then you can cast something out of your hand as well as the card that you find off the top. Um, I like the cards that came uh, with, um, I forget, I think... Guilds of Ravnica? Guilds, yeah, one of the Ravnica sets. Light up the stage, they have Spectacle, so you can pay uh, a different cost if an opponent has lost life this turn. Yeah, Light of the Stage is actually very good in a deck like this where you know you're going to be able to deal damage to your opponents because it's basically one mana draw two cards. Yeah. Yeah. Theater of Horrors is another one. It doesn't have Spectacle, but it has similar wording where it exiles a card at the beginning of your upkeep and you can play that card if your opponent has lost life this turn. Yep, and you can play lands off that too, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, let's get to like winning or win scenarios. Or sorry, win-win scenarios. Uh, I read that wrong. Win-win <laughs> win scenarios. Win or yeah, win. This is something that um, Arthur, uh, who edits the podcast, kind of came up with, which is there's all these cards that kind of let you bid life. <laughs> and bidding life with Florian out kind of puts you in this scenario where you're like, hey, if I lose the bid, you've taken a lot of damage. Yeah. And I get a lot, see a lot more cards. So you get to play cards like Illicit Auction. Yeah, so this is three red red for a sorcery. Each player may bid life for control of target creature. You start the bidding with a bid of zero. In turn order, each player may top the high bid. The bidding ends if the high bid stands. The high bidder loses life equal to the high bid and gains control of the creature. So you could be like, hey, that is the scariest thing on the board. I'm going to play this, bid zero life. Who's next? I bid two life. I'm going to bid five life. I bid 10 life. I bid 15 life. No one else? Blam, they lost 15 life, but they get control of a creature, but you get to see 15 cards off Florian, so yeah. kind of fun. Yeah, and if they maybe they don't want to bid more life because they know about the Florian thing, and then you get the creature yeah. for five life or whatever. That could, It's win-win. Yeah. Um, Plague of Vermin, here's another <laughs> one I've, I've, I've never even seen before. But. Yep. Starting with you, each player may pay any amount of life, and you repeat this process until no one pays life, and then each player puts a 1-1 black rat creature token into play for each one life they paid this way. Wow. So you're like, I'll play four life. I'll pay 16. Okay, somebody's like, well, fine, I'll pay 20. Like, oh, I'll pay 20. All right, I'll pay 16 more. <laughs> you know, you just go, probably everybody ends up with about the same amount of, of, of uh, rats, but then you're like, okay, I'm going to look at 60 cards with Florian. Yeah, and then everyone else has a rat army, you just board wipe, and they all lost that life. <laughs> 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 got him uh, and the temporal extortion is similar black 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 for a sorcery when you play it any player may pay half of their life rounded up if they do they counter the spell but you gotta take an extra turn after this one i think this card is actually secretly pretty good yeah because half of someone's life is pretty good although later in the game when they're at 20 taking them to 10 i don't know though still pretty good because what if they do that and then you drop a card that's a fireball yeah you just kill them but you don't get to take your extra turn who cares yeah so i i think the bidding life stuff is pretty interesting and pretty fun too so kudos to arthur yeah pretty fun stuff there um this is all really cool josh but i we played the game nights and the card that i thought you were going to talk wait, about wait 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 okay don't spoil it don't okay. spoil it uh yeah so we just talked about a bunch of stuff that is not how i built my deck for game nights oh, spoiler alert spoilers but you're gonna have to wait to watch the the episode of game nights to uh, see how i built my deck okay fine <laughs> all right nice on marketing to the next one. Josh. Yes, <laughs> that's what we call a tease in the business nice i love it i love it now though that everyone's gonna be rushing to the comments i bet that was this card september 22nd september 22nd. oh nice okay yeah, cool yeah. all right the next card we're gonna talk about is katilda dawnheart prime it's green and a white for a legendary creature human warlock that's a one one Warlock's one of the special creature types that is going to be abundant on an Istrad. It's got protection from werewolves. And human creatures you control have tap, add one mana of any of this creature's colors. And then for four, a green and a white, you can tap Katilda uh, to put a plus one, plus one counter on each creature you control. Okay. So it's human tribal because you want humans. They're ma they're all mana dorks, basically. Yep, once Katilda's out. And it's just a green and a white for this card, by the way. Pretty cool. And it's interesting... Because Katilda has a way to use that excess mana. 
it does tap to Katilda, so you can't necessarily like add five plus one plus one counters to all your stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, six is quite a bit of mana. So if you have a lot of humans and some extra mana around, which you will if you have a lot of humans because Katilda <laughs> makes them all mana dorks, yeah. then you can start pumping your team with it, which is interesting. Yeah, and Katilda uh, can also just tap for mana because Katilda is a human. So it says, it doesn't say other human creatures you oh, control, it just says human creatures you control. So at the minimum, it's a green, white, one, one that can tap to add a green or a white. Uh, don't forget protection from werewolves. Oh, yes, yes. So very good if you have a. You know. That would be the worst if you got a werewolf deck and somebody's like, Katilda. <laughs> Katilda. Oh, come on. Oh, man, free block blocker. you all day. Yeah, so obviously this worked great with tokens. You want to go wide, I think, with this strategy. In that case, call the copper coats. This is definitely human. This is definitely human. So it's two and a white for an instant. With Strive, you can pay one and a white more to cast it for each target beyond the first. Choose any number of target opponents. You create X11 white human soldier creature tokens where X is the number of creatures those opponents control. So it could be two and a white to make like 10 humans, depending on who you're playing with yeah uh even cards just like gather the townsfolk which is two mana make two one one white human creature tokens i think it's pretty good because if it's two mana make two mana dorks yeah like that's yeah, yeah, great yeah. two land war elves basically pretty good yeah um then there's hero of precinct one which makes a one one human every time you cast a multicolored spell uh Ma- maya maya Maja? guard protector it's two green, white, white for a two, three. Other creatures you control get plus one, plus one. Obviously, works good in the token strategy. And whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, you create a one, one, white, human, warrior, creature token. Landfall, make a human. Seems good. That's very good. Um, and then, obviously, you want ways to win the game. So, Kamal, Heart of Krosa, is a human. Costs six green, green, but shouldn't be that hard when you have Katilda and a bunch of humans out. And it says, at beginning of combat on your turn, creatures you control get plus three, plus three, and gain trample until end of turn. So, that is just a win con. Yep. Uh, I think this deck, Katilda taps for mana, also taps to put one-on-one counters on everything. All your things are going to create humans or be humans. You're going to want to tap for mana. And so you're going to want untappers. Yes. Uh, Quest for Renewal seems amazing in this deck. It's one in a green for an enchantment. Whenever a creature you control becomes tapped, you put a quest counter on the Quest for Renewal. And then as long as it has four or more quest counters on it, uh, untap all creatures you control during each other players untap step so it's kind of like a seedborn music except it doesn't untap your lands but because katilda also taps to do its thing be pretty easy to be like okay good i've got my six humans yeah and i'm gonna you know quest for no by the time it gets back to my turn they're all gonna be plus four plus four or plus three plus three i guess yeah pretty exciting and then then you can also just start pumping that mana every single untap into like that helix card that once you get enough counters on you just win the game you know uh seedborn muse also was reprinted recently untaps all the permanents you control during each player's untap step and then this card is pretty interesting uh you don't see it played very much because it affects the entire board but it's awakening it's a two green green enchantment that at the beginning of each player's unkeep untap all creatures and lands so so at the beginning of every player's upkeep everybody untaps all their creatures and lands yeah <laughs> but it seems better for you if your every creature you control is a mana dork right and you can with katilda again for six mana tap it add a plus one plus one counter to everything untap it do it again yeah. four times like you're Josh gonna said. be able to use all your mana whereas the other players probably won't be able to because they won't you know unless they built their deck around instant speed and stuff like that yep and then you're going to have some payoffs for tapping those creatures so throne of the god pharaoh is a two mana legendary artifact at the beginning of your end step each opponent loses life equal to the number of tapped creatures you control and you can obviously tap these creatures for mana and not use that mana and then blammo everyone's going to be losing a lot of life 
uh, harvest season Ooh. lets you search your library for X basic land cards and put them uh, onto the battlefield tapped, and X is equal to the number of tapped creatures you control. Yeah, so you can tap three creatures to ta- cast this for three mana at the very minimum and get three lands, which is pretty darn good. Yeah, three mana, get three lands is great, but often harvest season decks like this is like get nine lands onto the battlefield, which pretty much... In most cases, like, you win next turn because you have yeah. so much mana. Yeah. And it's a green-white deck, so you're going to have a lot more basic lands because it's only two colors. Uh, Amara, Soul of the Accord. Whenever Amara becomes tapped, you create a 1-1 white soldier creature token with lifelink. However, they're not humans, but you still get a lot of little dudes out there. And Katilda's plus one, plus one counter ability doesn't care if they're humans or not. So this is just sort of to build your army out. Um, and then I like cards like Rishkar, which are similar, right? It's going to be able to put two plus and plus one counters on each of up to two target creatures when it enters the battlefield. And then each creature you control with the counter on it has tap it, add green. So it's sort of like redundant for Katilda. Even if Katilda's not out, Rishkar's going to allow you to do the things that the deck wants to do. Uh, and then another, another suggestion from Arthur, our, our editor, was uh, Changeling Tribal. Katilda seems like a good card to go in that deck, possibly, because right. those decks are already often playing uh, Gemhide or Mana Wef's Sliver. Uh, because in the changeling decks, most of your cards are changelings. So they're so, all slivers and humans, and they can all tap for mana. Yeah, exactly. And this fact that Katilda also has a pump ability on it makes it maybe a little bit better than like Mana Whiff or something that only yeah. makes them into mana dorks. Yep, um, yep, yep. Yeah. And then, you know, some redundancy for Katilda is probably not a bad idea. Cryptolith Rite, uh, Shalai Voice of Plenty. So Cryptolith Rite will keep the tap make mana on all your creatures and then Shalai would fill in the part where you pump all your creatures in fact Shalai is maybe a little better than Katilda because you don't have to tap Shalai to do it right. so if you just happen to have 24 mana you can put 4 plus 1 plus 1 counters on everything yeah 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 and of course Shalai gives you and your planeswalkers and other creatures hexproof which yeah. seems pretty good that seems pretty good alright okay good job Katilda good job Katilda uh, the next legendary creature is Lise L Lise I forgot Angel <laughs> 2 white white and a black. So five mana for a four or five flying lifelink legendary angel. Whenever another non-token creature you control dies, return that card to its owner's hand at the beginning of the next end step. Hmm. If a creature an opponent controls would die, exile it instead. I like that. I very Graveyard like hate. That. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of decks that just... That is the worst it thing. It folds to that, yeah. All those, completely. like, KCI decks with the Scrap Trawlers and Mirror Retrievers and stuff. Nope, can't do anything if Liesa's out. Yeah. Liesa? That doesn't sound right, but it can't be gonna... Lisa. It cannot be Lisa. It's got to be Lisa. It can't. What's the E doing? Uh, just hanging out. It's a silent E. I, yeah, I before E, when, except, no, always in Lisa's, okay, whatever. So this is really similar to Athreos. <laughs> Josh has that amazing Shadowborn Apostles deck with Athreos, but it's a little worse and a little better. So, Liesa, always Liesa. Archangel of Pasta, uh, <laughs> will always return the card to your hand when it dies, but it's only at the end step. And Right, so Athreos is, gives your opponent a choice, choice but yeah. you get them now. Right, if they say you know, yeah. If they don't want to take the damage. So you could sack it and play it that same turn or whatever, but L here, the Forgotten Archangel, unfortunately, it's only at the beginning of the next end step. So it could be on your opponent's turn that you kill something on your own board, or it blocks and it comes back. Um, so it does make it a little bit harder to sort of utilize that creature again. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the types of creatures you might want to get back with Liesa. So it's probably value toolbox creatures, stuff that also like kills itself, like sacrifices to do stuff because then you, you're going to get the value. So selfless spirit is, uh, Oh my uh, gosh. A 2-1 that you can sacrifice and creatures you control gain indestructible until end of turn. You seems, can do that every turn? Seems amazing. I mean, you're just protected at all times and you don't, yeah. it's not like, a lot of times selfless spirit 
well, I guess whenever there's a board wipe, you always just use it to save your board. But this is a way that like, I'm going to use it, get it back to my hand, and now I can play it again next turn. So if you don't have two board wipes... It's going to be really hard to deal with. Or one toxic deluge, I suppose, but you know what I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Merciless Executioner, Fleshbag Marauder, Playcrafter. All of these cards are amazing because they're two in the black, typically. You play it, and then when it enters the battlefield, each player sacrifices a creature. Usually, you're sacrificing the the card that did the Edict effect. So then you get that back, and you can play it over and over and over again. Yeah. Yeah, because you're just like, hey, everyone's going to sacrifice a creature every turn like a lot of decks just fold to that because they're like i'm not going to put out that many creatures yeah you know yeah uh shriek maw seems really good because you can evoke it for one in a black oh yeah i like that and then it goes to the graveyard kills something comes back to your hand yeah you've got kami of false hope which sort of like is a spore frog of this deck because you can sack it to prevent all comet damage that'll be dealt this turn for just one mana as well children of corliss is similar similar yeah yeah you sack it and then you gain life equal to the life you've lost this turn that actually seems nuts in the right scenario and they're both one mana so like you play it and you're just pretty safe yeah yeah that those cards seem <laughs> seem like they are going to be hard to get through in a deck like this. Because, again, you have to do so much more damage if they've just got that every turn. Yeah. <clears throat> um, one of my new favorite cards is Douthy Voidwalker. Oh, and man, it's similar card. to what Lisa does. It says, if a card would be put into an opponent's graveyard from anywhere, instead you exile it with a Void counter on it. And this will, I believe, you get to choose to have this effect, replacement effect, happen before Lisa's does. So you get to say, like, okay, cool, Douthy yeah. Voidwalker is out. Something dies. Both of them see it, but Douthy Voidwalker is going to exile it with the uh, that void counter and then you can tap to sacrifice the Douthy void walker choose an exiled card in opponent controls with a void counter and you can play it this turn without paying its mana cost so typically it's a one-time use it goes to the graveyard and never comes back again but blamo lace is like nope you're coming right back and you can use that effect over and over and over again let me just say Douthy void walker buy that card play that card it's an insane card it's a really really good card because you tend to steal like their cultivates and their kodama's reaches because it comes out on two yeah and so you get a ramp spell in black. And the fact that Lisa Liesa is like, yep, and then just cast it again next turn and do that again. And also, it turns off a lot of decks because graveyard decks are very prevalent in the format. And the fact that it's like, nope, exile everything. A lot of decks are like, crap. Yeah. Douthy Voidwalker, I can't do anything I want to do because I'm going to mill myself or play along with the graveyard or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, it makes a lot of that stuff harder for sure. Yep. Um, you've also just got great value with cards like Karmic Guide because this is a card that has Echo on it. When it enters yeah. the battlefield, you return the creature from your graveyard to the battlefield. Um, now, of course, if Lias is out, it's going to be sort of hard to get that going sometimes because there will be a creature that it's coming back anyway. But this gets it right back to the battlefield. And then Karmic Guide, if you don't pay the Echo cost, it dies, but then you get it back because of Lisa. Yeah, you could sack something, too. Right. You know, Lisa's going to bring it back on Incept, but now you cast Karmic Guide, get it back into play. Yep, yep. Uh, speaking of sacking things, you can have Kokusho. Oh, boy that uh, when it dies, all your opponents lose five life and you gain life equal to the life loss this way. So you gain 15 usually. Yep. And that's another way. To, if you play Kokusho like three turns in a row, you usually can't lose. Yeah. If you play Gaunti a bunch of times in a row, sack it and then get all these cards to keep casting from Gaunti. It's similar to Douthy Voidwalker's ability. Uh, so yeah, again, you steal cards from their deck and cast yeah, them. Yeah, pretty yeah. powerful. Um, and then you could just play a lot of hate bears because it does seem like Lisa's is already kind of pointing you in that direction to hate cards out of people's graveyards. So you could have your Spear of the Labyrinth. Each player can't draw more than one card each turn i really like that card in this deck because your advantage is your creatures will just keep going back to your hand right so you say you know what spear of the labyrinth slow the whole game down you're going to draw one card per turn now everybody it's very hard to get rid of the spear of the labyrinth because i will cast it again next turn 
And now I'm going to eke out my advantage through like using my creatures for value and they keep coming back to my hand. So I'm virtually able to draw extra cards because those cards are right, back to my yeah, hand. Yeah. Whereas you are stuck drawing one card per turn. Yeah, you could have a board of five creatures, sacrifice all of them and then get them all back. Uh, especially if they have really cool enter the battlefield abilities. Um, same with stuff like Dranith Magistrate and also Alms Collector. These are just cards that are annoying, that people will want to get rid of because they're going to slow their decks down. They're going to make them draw less cards or play less spells. And then you're just going to keep doing it over and over again. Yeah. I think Brutal. Hate Bears, the one way you get around them is you kind of kill them. Yeah. But this says, okay, you can back to your hand, though, and then cast them again next turn. And it's very hard to kill all, all the hate bears multiple times. Yeah, especially if you have a selfless spirit out in Liesa, because they'll need to kill Liesa first, but then you have all of these different ways to protect your deck, which is pretty cool. Uh, this obviously becomes better with Flash, because you get it back to your hand on the end step, right? So if you sacrifice a creature or it dies, or they kill it on their turn, a lot of times you can't redeploy it till your turn. Uh-huh. So they're going to have that window of opportunity with Spirit of the Labyrinth or whatever, where they're like, okay, good, that thing's dead. Now I can do the thing I want to do. But if you have like Vidalganori or Winding Canyons or something, you're just like, no, redeploy right now. And they're like back where they were. <laughs> yeah. So if there's a creature they have to kill and you just leave your mana up and you have flash, it's really hard for them to get through it. And I found that in Commander games, if someone has to target like three or four things that you need to get through, and even if the entire table is doing it at the same time, it's really, really hard because yeah, everyone has to have the right gonna, things. Something's going to stick around. They just can't get rid of all of it. Yeah. 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 And Oftentimes, you just need to do one thing to foil the plans and then blammo, you're right back in the driver's seat. So I think this deck would also just want to play a bunch of stuff that has flash on its own. And white is one of the flash colors. And black actually has some flash cards too. Yeah. So Guardian of Faith is one of the newer ones. It's kind of cool. Yeah, this protects Lesa as well. It's yeah. one white, white flash vigilance. When it enters the battlefield, any number of other target creatures you control phases out. So that's a way to save from a board wipe, things like that. Yep. Uh, and, and that's a card that you actually want to get back to your hand, right, when it dies, because now you have the ability to flash out and get the ETB again. Yeah, pretty Oh, here's powerful. a mean one. Aven Mind Sensor. I don't see this card played enough, honestly. Um, because it's mean. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But it's really cool. Uh, Somebody cracks a fetch land or like a demonic tutor and you flash this out. Demonic, oh, oh, vampiric or demonic. They just like, I've seen people concede on the spot. <laughs> Cashes. <laughs> <laughs> It's the quality of his. Uh, it's a flash flower. If an opponent would search their library, that player searches the top four cards of that library instead. Even with like a fetch land, sometimes they don't have any lands there, or so not, they just yeah. completely Or not lose. the right land, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Containment Priest as well. It's a flash. If a non-token creature would enter the battlefield and it wasn't cast, you exile it instead. Yep. So Laser does really seem like that sort of hate bear. Put some control over the deck in white and black, uh, really interestingly. You're going to have all the best removal spells as well, so I could totally see this deck being really powerful in the right tables. I really like this this next card uh, in the deck. It's Death Render. So Death Render yeah. is four mana for a uh, equipment. It gives equip creature plus two, plus two, and it has equip of two. But whenever equip creature dies, you may put a creature card from your hand onto the battlefield and attach Death Render to it. Ooh. So I think Death Render becomes really good with Liesa because you put it on a creature, you sack that creature, that's a creature dying. Death. You put a creature from your hand on the battlefield, attach Death Render to it. Then on the end step you get the card you sacked back. And now, on the next turn, you go sack the creature with Death Render on it, put the card I got back out with Death Render on it, and that's a loop where you're going to keep sacking. And yeah. So whatever ETBs those two creatures have, or dies triggers or whatever, you're just going to get on everybody's turn with Death Render. Yeah, I could totally see this being a great Aristocrats deck if you're going to just be sacking stuff yeah. over and over Or just and think over if again. that's Gary, if it's Grey Merchant, right? Oh, yeah. Ooh. If one of those is Grey Merchant, then you're probably going to win by the time it gets back to you because you're going to be like, Drain everybody for five, drain everybody for five, drain everybody for five, you know. 
Yeah. So Quicksilver Amulet. There's a bunch of cards that sort of put cards at, onto the battlefield at instant speed. Um, and of course, you're going to have a lot of cards leaving your graveyard because that's what Lisa does for you. So Sir Conrad, the card we always talk about, Desecrated Tomb. Whenever one or more creature cards leave your graveyard, create a 1-1 black bat creature token with flying. So that's going to be really powerful in the long run. And then Tormod the Desecrator, which makes zombie tokens for the same sort of dealio. Yep. So pretty cool. I think Lisa's powerful. I'm not sure if it's more powerful than Athreus. I think I like getting the cards back during my main phase, but also, Leosa says, you're going to get them back. You're going to get them back, and it does seem like you can sort of build maybe a couple of different strategies around it instead of what you do with Athreos normally. All right, we've got a bunch more legendary creatures to talk about, including the, the commander that Jimmy plays Ooh. on the next episode of Game Nights. But before we continue, we're going to take a quick break and hear a message from our sponsors. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. All right, welcome back, everybody, to the multicolored set review for the Commanders in Midnight Hunt. This next Commander is what I played on game nights, and uh, I'm just going to tell you the whole strategy. I'm not going to hide anything like Josh over here, <laughs> because really, you're going to want to watch Come on, it on where's your coming. showmanship? <laughs> well, they're going to know what I'm going to have, and they're going to be like, I wonder what Josh is going to uh, do to beat it. Oh, yeah, there I like go. that. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Okay. More information is good here. <laughs> okay. So this is a two-faced card. Uh, it's blue and a black for a 2-3 legendary creature human wizard. Whenever Ludovic enters the battle, field or attacks mill a card and then it has an activated ability for x blue blue black black and exile x creature cards from your graveyard transform ludovic x can't be zero and activate only as a sorcery so at minimum this costs five mana because it's one and then blue blue black black and you have to have a creature card in your graveyard yep and it transforms into olog ludovic's hubris it's a four four legendary creature zombie as this creature transforms into Olog, it becomes a copy of a creature card exiled with it, except its name is Olog, Ludovic's Hubris. It's 4-4, and it's a legendary blue and black zombie in addition to its other colors and types. Put a number of plus one, plus one counters on Olog equal to the number of creature cards exiled with it. Whew, okay, that's a lot of text. I think it makes sense. It's a little confusing, though. So it becomes a 4-4 when you pay the X, blue, blue, black, black. And then you put a number of plus one, plus one counters on it equal to the number of creature cards you exiled with it. So no matter what, as long as you're paying X is equal to one, this will be a 4-4 with a plus one, plus one counter so on five, it. 5-5 five at the minimum. Yeah, it's really similar to the Mimeoplasm. The only difference is that Mimeoplasm copies two two creature cards from any graveyard, and then uh, it adds plus one, plus one counters to equal to the, the power of one of the cards. It gets the abilities of one and the power of another, right? Yeah. And Olog kind of gets the abilities of one and the powers of another in yeah. a way. But it becomes a blue and black zombie as well as whatever the card is, and it can only do things from your graveyard. And then the power is only determined at how many creature cards you exile with it. So on its surface, it is a bit worse, I think, than the Mimeoplasm. Mimeoplasm also gives you access to green. But this is a really interesting spell because there's a lot that you can do with this that's a lot of fun. Um, so the first area is creatures that look a lot better when they're a four, four with a plus one, plus one counter or even more. Yeah. Cause you can exile like seven creature cards and yep. make it like immediately an 11, 11 too. Yeah, right? like yeah. You don't have to just do one. So, uh, this one's for you, Craig blighted agent. You can get that, that in your graveyard. Of... It's unblockable and has infect, but it's a one, one. So if you create a copy with it, with Olog, you exile at least six other cards or six cards total. It becomes a 10, 10. Just a 10, 10 unblockable infect. That is a you're dead next turn. Yeah, that is like you're dead next turn. Probably yeah. Josh. Or with some Swiftfoot boots, you're dead or right now. Hmm. Um, actually, it might not even be next turn because you could oh, play yeah. Ludovic. It's transform. So it's it's transform. It's the same card. Has yeah. haste, essentially. That's No, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you're dead it now. rocks, actually. <laughs> There's also Cephalid Constable, oh, which brutal. is a 1-1, one, 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 but whenever it deals combat damage to a player, you return up to that many targeted permanents that player controls to their owner's hand. So that could just be a 5-5, five, five, bounce five things on combat damage. I mean, if that's a 10-10, that's the same as Blighted Agent, right? You're dead. You're <laughs> yeah, dead. You just you're, lose your whole board. Because it's your much. lands and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, True Name Nemesis uh, is a 3-1 that when it the battlefield you choose a player and it has protection from that chosen player you can make this into a 5-5 protection from a player and then it's just going to hit them every single time yeah. uh, and it also counts as your commander by the way because oh, it it's is. still the commander oh boy yeah. so true name nemesis copied with uh ludovic really is true name nemesis as your commander that's actually freaky yeah very scary and uh, also like the other players don't care because they're like whatever it's not protected from me <laughs> yeah so they don't need to remove it yeah exactly and they know that player is going to be dead in four, three swings or maybe even two swings 
Um, and of course, because you're paying five mana minimum, that means you can actually cheat out cards that are way bigger or cost a lot more. So uh, Sphinx of the Second Sun is an eight mana six six flyer, but it's not going to be a six six necessarily. But it's going to get you get an additional uh, beginning phase after your post combat phases, or you can do a Lord of the Void type card, which is seven mana typically. Rexiel the Risen Deep, Stormtide Leviathan, Jingataxius. Oh, Jingataxius is mean. It makes everybody hand size one. Yeah, Crick uh, Son of Yogmoth, Razaketh, right? Platinum Angel. These are all really powerful cards that do a lot of damage to people because you just get to get them out for cheaper. You don't have to pay the full mana cost. Sorry, it's maximum hand size is reduced by seven, which is zero. Zero, yeah. So like, everyone has to discard their hand, essentially. So there's two, kind of two categories here. One is cards that you are copying because they have no business being like a 5-5 five, five or bigger. Right. And then there are cards that you want their rules text. And so on that, so some of those cards you're like, X is equal to one on the Ludovic side. You don't care. You're just trying to get their text box into play. Yeah, yeah. And some of them are like, oh, if I have like nine creatures in my graveyard, I can make, you know, a blighted agent that's a 10-10 or whatever. That's pretty interesting. I like the the fact that it's useful in both instances. Yeah, and you, you know, you're going to be wanting milling cards and putting cards into your graveyard. Uh, shout out again to Arthur for putting this one on there. I didn't think of this, but it's actually quite brilliant. It's Scion of Draco. Mm. So this is a 4-4, and typically you want to put this in a multicolored deck with a lot of colors. Because uh, it has flying, and it says each creature you control has vigilance if it's white, hexproof if it's blue, lifelink if it's black, first strike if it's red, and trample if it's green. Ludovic specifically says it becomes a legendary blue and black zombie in addition to its other colors. So it's going to have hexproof and uh, and yeah. lifelink. And lifelink, oh. Which is really great for a commander, uh, and it's a 4-4 flyer. Yeah, it'll still have flying, too. Yeah, typically it costs 10 mana, or 12 mana, but now it's going to be, you know, 5 with Olog or Ludovic out. Um and then obviously you want to put a bunch of cards that are just already going to be fine in your graveyard because, again, when Ludovic enters the battlefield or attacks, it mills a card. So you've got a lot of cards with Encore, like Rakshasa Debaser. Um, you have the same Douthy Voidwalker again. Again, just, just in the, play it in all your black decks. Yeah, you play it, you sack so it, good. put it in your graveyard, and then blam, Ludovic can make a copy of it and do the effect again. Or it's just a creature card that's sitting there for you to mill away as like an extra creature that gives an extra plus one plus yeah one yeah counter. exactly and that's why i like mold drifter so much because yeah, you can play it for it. three mana evoke it and then it just becomes a card that you can mill out or uh, exile with ludovic for that extra plus one plus one counter um and then you you know you can play factor fiction in there forbidden alchemy and buried alive and tomb all those cards that sort of get the cards you want into your graveyard and ludovic being able to copy them and you know if you flicker ludovic it's going to come back onto its original side you can do it again so mm -hmm. there's a lot of utility there and then finally, I just had some game enders. So Ulamog, the Ceaseless Hunger. It's great if you draw it and you can play it. But it's also totally fine because this is one of the few Eldrazi that can live in your graveyard. And then if you have Ludovic copy it, it becomes an indestructible thing that mills or exiles the top 20 cards of a library when it attacks that player, which is pretty good. And then my favorite card in the whole deck... It's Phage the Untouchable. Yeah, it's cool. Because Phage the Untouchable says, when it enters the battlefield, if you didn't cast it from your hand, you lose the game. But if you copy it out of your graveyard, it's not entering the battlefield. It just becomes a copy of the card. Yeah, Olog is not entering the battlefield. It was yeah. already on the battlefield, yeah. And then when Phage deals combat damage to a player, that player loses the game. That's oh, yeah. Cool. That's pretty oh, cool. Oh, yeah. And then finally, you have a huge graveyard. So Treasure Cruise, Dig Through Time, Windfall. All of these cards are very good for you because you're just going to be able to cast them for cheap. Uh, Windfall is going to get more cards into your graveyard. You're going to draw more cards. You want to discard things out of your hand typically because you have like a Jin Cataxius in your opening hand. You don't want it in there. I mean, I'm assuming it's it's Demir, so you're going to do the normal self-mill yep. stuff and your graveyard is always going to be full. And so using that seems like a good idea. Yeah, so I, I like this card actually quite a bit. Reminds um, me a little of um, the Lazavs. 
Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Lazov is also very good in this deck as well. All of them. <laughs> cool. Good All job, right. Ludovic. Good you are a job, genius Ludovic. Indeed. <laughs> oh, I was something interesting because the first Ludovic, and I'm I'm for sure there is now because thinking about it, yeah, because there's Ludovic and Crom. They were partners. Oh, that's right. That's the right. first Ludovic was Doctor Frankenstein because he made Crom. This Ludovic we think is the fly. Oh, because he's messing around and he sort of becomes the thing that. Yeah, he's, yeah, that's right. He doesn't yeah. make something else. He becomes the thing himself. Yeah, he becomes the creature that he's like studying. His or hubris turns him into this very so. unattractive looking thing on the back. All right, the next commander is Old Stick Fingers. <laughs> this might be the best. That is name. the real name. Yeah, the, I always want to say Sticky name. Fingers, but it's not. It's just Stick Fingers. Old Stick Fingers. It's a green, a black, and X for a star, star legendary horror when you cast this spell reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal x creature cards put all creature cards revealed this way into your graveyard then put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order old stick fingers power and toughness are each equal to the number of creature cards in your graveyard notably this can just die if you don't like uh, if, if you someone, have no creatures in your deck, I suppose. Yeah, or someone Bajuka bogs you, it just blammo, it becomes a zero zero. Yeah, and just dies. Usually these like have like some warding where they're always a one one, but not this one. Yeah. Uh, it will always hit at least a creature though, because even if X, X is equal to one, because you um, reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal X creature cards. So ah. It's kind of like Cascade in that way. You're going to find something. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, so this is a. Graveyard matters, self-mill, you know, specifically creatures, deck. Uh, so creatures, so so the first thing you're going to want is a, is a number of creatures and creatures that specifically like to be in the graveyard, right? Because that's what Stick Finger does. Um, so the mechanics that kind of do this are escape, eternalize. Um, unearth. Uh, why do they all start with an E? Escape, Except for unearth. Eternalize, encore, unearth. Ooh. Kind of counts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It counts a little bit. And it's like an unset. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so those are cards that like do stuff still when they're in your graveyard. Like Corpse Con- Connoisseur has unearth. If you milled it into your graveyard, you could still activate it, and then it's going to go find another creature and put it into your graveyard, probably one that wants to be there. Yeah. Eternalize is like timeless witness that like you can eternalize it out of your graveyard. So if you milled it in there, you can still get value out of it. And then yeah. you eternal win is something. Roxasha. Debaser. Debaser. Just talked about that one too. Yeah. yeah. This is just, I, th- I think the main thing you want to do with uh, old stick fingers is just a lot of cards that kind of live in the graveyard and want to be there. Cause that's what, where he puts them. Dredge is another thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you have like Stinkweed Imp or Golgari Thug, Golgari Drave, Grave Troll, those will allow you to continue to mill more stuff into your um, graveyard. Uh, and then you will draw the dredge card instead of drawing a card that turn. And then you want cards that give effects when they're in the graveyard. Mm-hmm. So I love Genesis. It's a really fun card. Brawn as well. It gives creatures trample, like the angers and the, the wonders of the world. Um, there's filth as well. It gives creatures swamp walk. Um, so nice, nice things to put into the graveyard early, especially if you don't have that many creatures and you know you're going to be able to get. You know, if you pay X is equal to three on old stick fingers and you just have three other cards in your graveyard or three other creatures in your deck, you know you're going to get them in there. Yeah, and I think that's the, the sort of next category, which is combo potential. Stick fingers, if you wanted to, I think you could build it so that when you cast it, you can assemble a combo every single time. Yeah. So imagine that, because it's like Cascade, right? And we've seen Cascade decks where people will cast the Cascade spell and there's only one two drop in the whole deck mm-hmm. and that's the only thing they could find with it. Uh, and then they, that allows them to kind of build their deck around that combo. So 
like Necrotic Ooze combos are the ones that come to mind here. Necrotic Ooze, you want to read it? Yeah, so Necrotic Ooze is in two black, black, four, three Ooze. As long as it's on the battlefield, it has all activated abilities of all creatures in all graveyards. So every single graveyard, but you're specifically going to try and stack yours for this to work. So imagine that you only had four creatures in the whole deck, and it was Necrotic Ooze, Devoted Druid, Channeler Initiate, and Walking Ballista. You cast Old Stick Fingers for X is equal to four, you get all those cards in your graveyard, and then the rest of your deck is just reanimate stuff from your graveyard. Yeah. You get Necrotic Ooze out, and then you can win because Devoted Druid, Channeler Initiate are infinite mana, and then Walking Ballista use the infinite mana to kill them. And Necrotic Ooze has all their abilities because those are in your graveyard. Yeah. So that is, you know, a, definitely a way you could build this deck if you just wanted to sort of go combo town with it. Yeah, and if you just wanted to go, mm. like, value town, then you could play, like, Azoni Thousand-Eyed, which cares about how many creatures are in your graveyard. When you cast it, you make a bunch of 1-1 one, one black and green insect creature tokens. Or Gerard Golgari Lich Lord is, like, your classic get things in the graveyard and you want to have creatures in there and sacrificing them and it gets plus one plus one for each creature in the graveyard and then you know sir conrad you're going to be throwing things in the graveyard ram and gain them out so there's a lot of value to be taken here with old stick fingers i think it's actually not that powerful but it is pretty cool that it does act sort of like cascade yeah i think the combo version probably is powerful but probably will get very old because you'll just win the exact same way every single time yeah all right next one is the boros one it is rem Carolus. Carl. Rem Carolus. Sounds like a car, like a Honda Corolla. Corolla. (laughs) Rem. Stalwart Slayer. One red, white, three mana for two, three. Legendary Human Knight has flying and haste. If a spell would deal damage to you or another permanent you control, prevent that damage. Oh. If a spell would deal damage to an opponent or a permanent in opponent controls, it deals that much damage plus one instead okay this it's is a spell cool. too so your own spells right um so this is earthquake dot deck yeah i really think this is the earthquake deck and and interestingly rem has flying so avoids the earthquakes anyway oh that's right that's notably it, you should we should notice it says a spell so it won't work on etb uh enter the battlefield right. or activated abilities like pyrohemia will not work with rem right. it has to be a spell um but yeah, the first category here is game-winning wraths, and you really want ones that hit players, I think, mm-hmm. because remember, Rem protects your permanence and you from any damage dealt by a spell. So Earthquake, I guess let's read Earthquake. X in the red, it deals X damage to each creature without flying and each player. Typically, this is like wipe the whole board because it's going to kill your stuff and it's going to do damage to you. But in this case, if Rem is out, your entire board survives and you just do a one-sided damage board wipe to everyone and their face. Yeah, and and one thing with Earthquake too, you often have like an Earthquake, there's a bunch of Earthquakes, right? Rolling Earthquake, there's Fault Line, there's a bunch of versions of this spell, basically as many as you'd want uh, to put in a deck. A lot of times you're like, oh, I could pump earthquake to a lot here but i'll kill myself too yeah i don't want to do that but in this deck i think you're actually playing towards a huge earthquake that like deals enough damage to kill all of your opponents all at once and because you have rim you don't take any of the damage yeah and usually you do this by combining it with a fork spell or or a fork type of spell yeah reiterate fork fury storm yeah these are the spells that copy a spell so you go oh somehow you know, I make a really big earthquake and then Fury Storm, I make two copies of it. Yeah. So now it's like, oh, I earthquake for 15 times three. 
you know, yeah. kill everybody. And, and yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, like, you can just use a ton of big mana ways of doing it. I think people remember when you played your uh, Fire Song and Sunspeaker deck how many treasures you had, yeah. right? So there are ways for red and white to actually generate a ton of mana and make these X spells deal a ton. Yeah, Smothering Tide plus Wheel of Fortune will give you enough mana to do, to do an Earthquake for 15 plus Fury Storm, right? Yeah. Uh, mana Geyser is a way to do that, right? It often creates like 25 plus mana. Um, Treasonous Ogre, another really powerful oh, card. Oh, yeah. And you, you, don't, you don't mind paying the life because you're not going to get hit by the spell. Right. Imagine you're at 40, you play Treasonous Ogre, says pay three life and make a red, and you go, I'm just going to pay, you know, what? Like 10 red for 30 life or something. Yeah, exactly. To get the extra 10 to kill everybody right now. Yeah. So. Um, just be careful that someone doesn't path or kill your rem in response to you casting the spell, because then you just kill yourself too. <laughs> right. You're like, oh, that's brutal. Oh, darn. I'm going to cast Earthquake for 15. I'm going to Fury Storm. So now it's going to be 45. Ha ha. But I'm not going to take the damage because of my commander. And somebody goes, kill your commander. Tragic slip. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, this is a tie. Let's uh, jump up. Shucks. Yeah. yeah. But it is a fun bet to gamble on for red white, um, which is pretty fun. Um, I like creature wraths are also going to be really w- good, like blasphemous act chain yeah. reaction. Those are already good cards, but they become, they become one sided wraths with rem. I think even the the small anger of the gods, sweltering suns, pyroclasm. Yeah, uh, they become better because rem adds one damage to them. So the difference between three and four is a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also because it is one sided now, a lot of times you don't want to play the anger of the gods type stuff because you'll likely only kill like one or two creatures of your opponents and then you'll also kill some of your own yeah but i also like the fact that you can do it so early so you can keep the board clear and sort of like if people know what you're up to they're like well we have to just kill you with regular attacking or whatever you can actually just keep wiping the board with these smaller spells as long as rem is alive yeah um and then repercussion obviously becomes really good because you're not taking any damage your creatures aren't so it doesn't deal any damage to you but your your opponents are getting blasphemous act and then if they have if they have four creatures and repercussions out Oof. they just die they just take you know what is that 42 52 damage yeah blammo yeah uh torbrand as well anything oh. that can sort of add damage same with fiery emancipation um so these are just both ways to either triple damage or add two damage to a, a red source dealing damage uh, speaking of Fire Song and Sunspeaker, really good because if you Earthquake right. for 15, even if it's not going to kill everybody, you will then gain 45 damage because it gives oh, your spells Oh, yeah, you link. get lifelink. Yeah. Okay. So if you've got all these Anger of the Gods might just gain you like 27 life. Yeah. <clears throat> That's pretty darn good, actually. I feel like Rem is one of the newest and the most original red-white commanders we've seen in quite a bit. It's interesting because it doesn't have to do with attacking, but it also still doesn't have rampant card draw on it yeah but it does have a a significant advantages that gives you and kind of makes you favor towards certain types of cards so i I like it quite a bit uh even though it doesn't do what we've been asking but i think that's fine i think r&d like i don't think we want every boris commander to have card advantage and stuff on it we've started to get that and i think that's good uh but it's cool to find new interesting ways to make um lore hold or boros viable that yeah. isn't just like make it make treasures or make it draw virtual cards somehow right right um there are some nombos here I, I you know when i first saw this card i was like brash taunter stuffy doll boros reckoner they the all thing i was like stop it. hitting yourself deck and then you think about it and like oh well actually uh, rem kind of says no it it stops the damage from hitting you yeah so you're like prevent the damage but brash taunter's like no i want to get hit yeah i want no. it's like oh sorry no actually right. can't do your thing so yeah. it's a bummer okay good job rem good job rem I kind of like it. I do too. Rem Corolla. Okay, next up we have uh, a deck that's another card that's going to be played by one of the players on the next game nights, and it is uh, Sagarda, Champion of Light. Sagarda is back. Oh. Hallelujah. 
Uh, it's one green white white for a 4-4 legendary creature angel with flying and trample. Humans you control get plus one, plus one. And the first instance of Coven, it says Coven. Whenever Sigarda attacks, if you control three or more creatures with different powers, look at the top five cards of your library. You may reveal a human creature card from among them and put it into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Okay, so when Sigarda attacks, it looks around and says, do you have three creatures with different power? They don't have to be attacking. Right. Sigarda can be one of them also. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Only Sigarda has to be attacking. And then if the answer is yes, you look at the top five cards of your library and you can pull a human from them. That seems um, pretty good. You're looking at five cards. It's a decent amount. You do have to kind of be a human tribal deck or a bunch of you know changelings, but Sigarda is on its base of four mana, four, four flying trample lord to give your humans plus one, plus one. Yeah, this has to be human tribal, right? Because she only pumps humans and then she only finds humans. So it doesn't, she's not doing anything if you don't have a lot of humans. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the first thing we're going to talk about is the coven part. So protect the coven. You kind of want to be able to control your power and toughness of your creatures. Because like Jimmy said, I think there are definitely going to be times when you're like, I have two two twos or two three threes mm -hmm. and Sigarda and I don't have enough. So anything that puts one one counters on stuff gets 1-1 one, one counters or allows you to manipulate 1-1 one, one counters could be good. Thalia's Lieutenant, Forgotten Ancient, uh, Luminarch Aspirant. These are ways to kind of like control the amount of counters you have or make sure that creatures are growing as other creatures come in so they don't sit yeah. at the same power. And the cool thing about Thalia's Lieutenant and Luminarch Aspirant and Forgotten Ancient is that you get to add counters elsewhere yeah. when things enter the battlefield or Thalia's Lieutenant is like, for instance, grows. Luminarch can do it at the beginning of combat. So you can always just make sure looking at your board, okay, cool, I have a 2-3 here, a 3-4 there, and cigar is a 4-4. Perfect. That's all we need. Uh, there's also cards that make multiple creatures of different power so that, you know, with one card in Sigarda, you could get to Coven. So, like, Keeper of the Accord could oh, possibly yeah. do it. Keeper of the Accord also ramps you. But Keeper of the Accord um, says at the beginning of each opponent's end step, if that player controls more creatures than you, you make a 1-1 one, one White Soldier creature token. And Keeper of the Accord is a 3-4. Yep. So if you have Keeper out and then you cast Sigarda or whatever, and then, then Sigarda's out, um, you could get there with just those two cards to get to Coven. So that's pretty cool. Actually, I don't think you can because the Keeper becomes a 4-5 because of Sigarda, and then your Soldier becomes a 2-2. Two, two. Oh, so no. you have two four four. Oh, no. But Keeper of the Accord still gives you more creatures <laughs> And in combination with the Luminarch Aspirin or whatever else, you're going to have just a ton of other I things running around. I forgot that Sigarda would pump the I know, right? Cord. The same thing actually happens with Day Squad Marshal because it's a 3-3 and it's a human soldier. But when it enters battlefield, you create a 1-1 one, one white human soldier creature token. But here's the thing. They're humans. You're going to need Sigarda to be able to find humans. So you're not going to have the most powerful deck in the world because you're sort of stuck having to put a lot of humans in there to make Sigarda work. You still want a lot of humans because yeah. she pumps. She's adding plus two, plus two for one card basically with her anthem effect. So you yeah. still want to do that. But oh my gosh, the pump. I forgot about it. But my uh, Breathguard Protector works because go. it gives other creatures plus one, plus one, makes Sigarda the 5-5, five, five, and this is a 2-3, and then you make a 1. Oh, no, this doesn't work either because you make a 1 that becomes a 2-2. Two, two. No, but this will be a 3-4. No, it's other creatures you control. Oh, no, yeah, you're right. Yeah, because Sigarda pumps okay. it. Wow. A lot of math. Wait, but no, no, but then the Sigarda pumps the token to become a 3-3-2. Three, three, <laughs> <laughs> So as you can tell, Coven requires a little wow. bit of finagling to really make it work. Darn. My last note does work, though. I said, maybe you play Awakening Zone. Yeah. <laughs> so you have some zero ones lying around because a zero power creature will work with Sigarda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the fact that it's not a human and doesn't get pumped makes the math easier, easier too. And the, the zero ones can be sacked for mana, so they're kind of ramp as Amazing, well. Amazing, yeah. Yeah, I, don't, I think you want to play almost all humans, but you don't, 
you know, you, you could have a, like a one-off awakening zone and maybe like a one-off forgotten ancient. Yeah. And awakening zone is great. It just ramps you as well. Yeah. Um, okay. Very interesting. Now I was thinking, how can you make just combat better? And maybe cigar is not actually the commander you want. Maybe you play like Samut voice of descent because it gives other creatures haste. It's also a three, four. It has flash. It gives it, it itself has double strike vigilance and haste. It's going to become a four five and you can you just put cigar in there. Yeah. I could see that. You could have a, hu- like but a it heavy, it has to be human tribal. Uh, yeah. Heavy Samut. human theme with Samut. Um, or you can play like, Audric, Master Tactician, in this deck as well because it Human. wants other creatures, at least three other creatures, to attack. And Sagarda always has to attack to get the ability. And you can choose how creatures block or how other, you know, what creatures block and how they block this combat. Oh, not Lunark Marshall, the other one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah It'd yeah. also be good with Lunark Marshall because it has flying and trample. Yep. So it gives two uh, abilities to everything. Yep. And then Kogla, the Titanate, might be one of the few non-humans in the deck because it comes on the battlefield. That's a 7-6, really interesting power and toughness. And you can return the humans you control to your hand for one in the green. So you can sort of replay your Thalia's Lieutenant over and over and over again which seems pretty good and then i wanted to wrench it in this card because oh well, we're gonna I, get all this hate i know it's rick steadfast leader turns out he's a human from the walking dead <laughs> but when he enters the battlefield you choose two abilities from among first strike vigilance and lifelinks and then humans you control have each of the chosen abilities and then when you control four or more humans humans get plus two plus two it is a good card especially in a humans deck yeah yeah, yeah yeah so hopefully we're over that now and people aren't i wouldn't be mad if you played it yeah um how important is coven though it is a way to draw a new card every single turn pretty much and the only downside is that you have to swing with sagarda and satisfy the sort of condition to get there yeah it feels interesting i don't know how much you want to build your deck around it i think you're probably just building human tribal right and yeah. hoping that coven like naturally comes up sometimes because i think if you swing with sagarda twice draw two cards out of it that's good enough yeah if you get more out of that awesome but you shouldn't be sitting there being like i need to play suboptimally so i can get this ability yeah i think you just still want to play the best cards you can all the time and then occasionally cigar will be like great you have three different uh, powers here so yeah hopefully just randomly without you worrying about too much sometimes i'll give you some card advantage but mostly it's there for the anthem yeah i don't know if you actually just play cigar the heron's grace instead as the commander it's the uh, original cigar from shadow not the original second sorry the second cigar um so i mean there's a lot of interesting ways to build the deck Sagarda though i think works just in a lot of different cases it's pretty powerful it just as a four mana four four with flying and trample yeah i think it's oh it's close it's interesting i'm not sure which one's more powerful in a human's deck i think i would like the pump effect yeah more than the ability to make more human tokens and not pump them yeah maybe you just play this in like a five color kenrith human tribal deck or something i don't know okay sure yeah we'll i haven't seen that. that deck but now you might we put no, it into the universe know. okay uh, Maybe it's going to be on the September 22nd episode of... No, I'm just kidding. It's not correct. It's not correct. <laughs> All right. Let's go on to the next one. It is Slogurk, the Overslime. <laughs> What's an Overslime? <laughs> it must be the Lord of Slimes, but it's not, it doesn't have like an anthem effect for slime. It's not Faskurk, It's an ooze, underslime. by the way, not a slime. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. It's a one green and a blue, so three mana. This is our Simic... Um, Powerhouse? Yeah. One green and a blue for a 3-3 three, three ooze, legendary, has trample. Whenever a land card is put into your graveyard from anywhere, put a 1-1 one, one counter on Slogurk. Remove three 1-1 one, one counters from Slogurk. Return it to its owner's hand. Hmm. And then when Slogurk leaves the battlefield, return up to three target land cards from your graveyard to your hand. Oh. So you get land cards into your graveyard and okay. then you bounce Slogurk eventually using the counters or some other means to your hand or make it leave the battlefield in some way and yeah. you get to sort of get those lands back into your hand three of them it's life from the loam a little bit 
three lands is actually a pretty big game if you are yeah. very much in on this strategy which and you will be right good. it's a lands matter deck it's like a slightly new take yeah on the lands matter deck um it's also got trample so you could potentially just also make this kind of a voltron deck because true and it's a land card from anywhere so you could discard it um you could have it milled out of your deck so right right you don't have to just like sack a fetch land and that triggers it if you mill then you'll get it and it's whenever a land card is put into your graveyard from anywhere right. it's not one or more so yeah if you mill out you know, if you mill seven land cards all at once, it'll get seven plus one plus one counters. Well, hey, hey, talking about self-mill, my favorite card, Hermit Druid, could get a lot of lands into your graveyard. Uh, yeah. Uh, so could cards like Seder Wayfinder, um, Deranged Assistant, or Milliken are both cards that mill cards and just add mana, and that seems pretty good. It seems like you're going to have a deck that has a lot of ramp already. I think you're going to want to self-mill quite a bit. Just yeah. Because, like, just getting there by fetch landing and stuff is not going to be fast enough yeah 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 mesmeric orbs are really good one whenever a permanent becomes untapped that permanent's controller mills a card so oh that's cool you can yeah. tap 10 lands untap 10 yeah mill on, 10. On, yeah exactly on your uh untap step you're often milling like seven eight nine ten it does mill opponents which can be bad for you if they're playing graveyard decks but right it's a way to do some stuff there's also a bunch of cards that allow you to discard lands for some effect so a eula's influence seems really good it shout says, out to Graham. Shout out to Graham. You just—it's enchantment. It just says discard a car, a land card, create a two-two green bear creature token. So in this case, it's discard the land, create a two-two, and Slogger uh, gets a plus one plus one counter. And if you did that three times, then you could bounce Slogger, get the three lands back, discard three more. So you, with three lands, you could make six two-twos. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty good. And you can do that at instant speed. Nothing on that says sorcery. So right. if you have like enough lands you could suddenly go from like nothing on your board but you lose influence in a slogger to you know 18 bears or something yeah 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 yeah. dreamscape artist which is a card that i really don't see played much it's one in blue for a one one you can pay two in the blue to tap it discard a card sack a land and you search your library for up to two basic land cards and you put them on the battlefield so you could discard a land and sacrifice a land that's two plus one plus one counters on slogger and then you get two lands on the battlefield so you are kind of ramping yeah and because you can get those lands back it kind of like you know, is card advantage as well, sort uh-huh, of mixed uh-huh. in there, which I like. Um, splitting image is an interesting one, and just the retrace mechanic in general. Right. So splitting image is four and two hybrid uh, Simic, and it says create a token that's a copy of target creature, but it has retrace, which is you may cast this card from your graveyard by discarding a land card in addition to paying its other costs. So this allows you to discard a land card, make another clone of something, reuse this, blah, 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 blah. Um, and then there's a bunch of ways to sack lands as well that as outside of just your every fetch land, slow fetch, evolving wild side card. So constant mists allows you to buy back it by sacrificing a land. It's an um, annoying card, but it allows you to fog forever. Yeah, fog forever and grow slow gurk forever. Yep. Uh, Sylvan Safekeeper, another annoying card. You sack a land to give a creature hex a uh, shroud until end of turn. So that's a great way to protect Slogurk, especially if you're just trying to get him to like a 15-15 and hit someone and kill him. Yeah, and he's really hard to target anyway because if he ever has three counters on him, then... Right, you can just bounce him. Yeah, um, feel bad for your opponent. And then you've got cards like Harrow. There's a bunch of cards like this where you sack a land as you cast it and then you can search your library for land cards, put them on the battlefield. So Escape Shift is a huge one, of course. Oh, that's yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah. I think we're we're starting to stray into the realm of like every lands matter deck, right? Yeah. Harrow, Sylvan Safekeeper, Fetches, whatever. Now we start to become a lot like all the lands matter decks. You know, you're going to want to play azusa and play more lands exploration burgeoning you know splendid like yep. reclamation lets you get take all the lands out of your graveyard and put them into the battlefield crucible of worlds as you play yada 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 like, the lands matter deck is a known quantity and i think you know 
Slogger is not going to have that many differences. You're talking about 15 different cards, maybe, than what most Lands Matter decks uh, look like, which is fine. I'm not, like, poo-pooing that. I'm just saying, like, we don't have to talk about it a lot because we've gone into those decks in detail many times. There are some cool new lands, though, that do sacrifice and put themselves into your graveyard, just to mention them. So Treasure Vault, you can pay XX and tap at the sack it and create X Treasure Tokens. Um, Urza's Saga obviously ends up in your graveyard after it gets to the third stage. Emergent Zone as well, giving your ability to cast spells as though they had flash so there's just a lot of different ways to sort of get there but i actually think flickering slugger might be the way yeah. to go because you get a bunch of lands in there you flicker them you're not caring about the the plus one plus one counters getting up to three so you got sort of hearth and home which does it and then ghostly flicker displace dead eye navigator all these cards can maybe create a cycle where you're getting a bunch of lands in there with a use influence or whatever flickering slugger getting them back to your hand throwing them away flickering again and just sort of keeping this up and making a huge army seems kind of fun there yep all right, good job, Slogurk. Good job, Slogurk. All right, next up we have the... Oh, it's here. It's here. The Everyone, Werewolf Commander. They've been People have been waiting, and I think they actually did it. I think this is a fantastic Werewolf Commander. And you better believe this is one of the commanders that's getting played on the Game Nights episode on September 22nd, yes. although we're not going to tell you who the guest is yet, but it's a cool one. Yeah. They're both cool. And they both were, the guests are cool. Both, they were cool and they, both of them are very excited to play their commanders. Yeah. So this is Tovalar, Tovalar, Dire Overlord, a one red and a green for a 3-3 legendary creature, human werewolf. It has Daybound on it. Whenever a wolf or werewolf you control deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you control three or more wolves and or werewolves, it becomes knights. Then transform any number of human werewolves you control. I like that because it becomes knight, transforms all the stuff from this set. But the fact that you can also transform the old werewolves. Yeah means you have some um, you have better control over werewolves than you know what was the name of that last werewolf commander that they made that didn't oh, have anything yeah, to do yeah, with werewolves yeah, yeah. i forgot the name anyway it yeah, makes yeah. it good okay. tovalar is definitely the the upgrade here all right what's the werewolf side of tovalar tovalar the midnight scourge this is a legendary creature werewolf that's a four four now instead of a three three whenever a wolf or werewolf you control deals combat damage to a player draw a card so the exact same text that's good because it would suck to lose that yeah it would very much <laughs> suck and then it's got kestig wolf run on the card itself it's x or red in the green target wolf or werewolf you control gets plus x plus zero and gains trample until end of turn and it says nightbound so again if it is nightbound and you cast tovalar it comes down on the midnight scourge side yeah you you if you can turn it to night before you cast tovalar you don't even have to deal with the other side it's not like you have to get it flipped in some way yeah um, but it will like help you get it to night if you cast it on the other side Story-wise, too, by the way, Tovalar is still holding the sword that he has in the front side. Uh, Werewolves typically lose all their clothing and can't hold, like, swords and stuff. He's like Smart Hulk? Yeah, he's like a smart... It's like a sort of like a semi-evolved werewolf. I was talking to Taylor Ingverson about that. Okay. So this card, I think, is the best werewolf commander ever made. Wolf slash werewolf. Didn't have a high bar to clear. But <laughs> I actually think... Not just that, but it is a cool and very good werewolf commander. It has yeah. card draw on it. So much Allows you to control the werewolves from the past and then has, like, a way to punch through damage and win the game with your big creatures too because Kessig Wolf Run is a card I've died to decent amount of times because the trample becomes really relevant. Yep. It's almost yeah it's it's a form of evasion for sure. And not to mention it helps draw more cards as well because it's going to deal combat damage because of the trample. Now this deck is not going to be um it's not going to have a lot of surprises in it, though, right? Like, you're going to play yeah. wolves and werewolves. <laughs> yep. And speaking of wolves, uh, there's Anara, Wolved Familiar, which is a wolf beast that gives your commander indestructible as long as it's your turn. Seems pretty good here. Uh, and then there's Emerwolf. This card might be one of the best cards in the deck. It's one red green. It has Intimidate. It says other wolf and werewolf creatures you control get plus one, plus one. And non-human werewolves you control 
can't transform. So it locks them on the werewolf side. If they're on the human side, then they can become werewolves because right. they can transform. But once they're on the werewolf side, they're stuck there, which is good. You almost always want your werewolves on the werewolf side. They're, yep. all, they're like more powerful there. And then you just got a bunch of things like Lone Wolf, which if it attacks, you can have it deal damage instead of the creature sort of blocking it, which gives you the card draw. There's Power Heart Wolf, which gives our wolves uh, menace, essentially. Wolf Briar Elemental makes a bunch of wolves. Wolf Caller's Howl makes a bunch of wolves as well. Night Pack Ambusher makes a bunch of wolves. You get the idea. You're welcome, editors. Yeah, <laughs> just throw them all on there. There's the old Arlen Cord as well, which transforms and gives creatures plus one, plus one, and trample. This is like a go-wide bunch of wolf decks. Hit them in the face. Play your werewolves to the the old ones, Huntmaster of the Fells. Yep. Um, we, we won't name game. them all. You're gonna play like all the good werewolves, all the good wolves. Pretty much. Um, I like Guy Reach Bandit a lot because when it transforms, it says whenever a werewolf enters the battlefield under your control, you may transform it. So you can just get them on the better side. Although it won't work at the daybound nightbound. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Uh, and then the new Arlen, the Pax Hope, which uh, is on in this set, is also really good. Has Daybound, Nightbound. Can become a werewolf with Indestructible, Trample, and Haste on the other side. Tovalar's Huntmaster. There's just so many. Um, obviously, you're just playing all the wolves you can. Yeah, I don't think there's... Uh, yeah, there's not a ton for us to say about it, but I like that this deck can exist now. I mean, there's interesting little fight cards and other things that you're going to you're going to play in, you know, with your non-creature stuff, you're going to yeah. be able to do some interesting things. Uh, but as far as, like, the bulk of your deck is going to be Wolves and Werewolves because that's what Tolar cares about. Yeah, I did like uh, what our uh, what Arthur put in here, too. He said Maskwood Nexus might be nice because you can actually exactly. make creatures you control are every creature type. So they are wolves and werewolves. And then cards like Full Moon's Rise, which you can sack to regenerate all werewolf creatures you control, applies to all the cards in your deck. That's cool. Be careful with Immerwolf, though, if you do that. Because yeah, yeah, be careful. You might lock them on the bad side. Just be careful of all wolves, really. Be careful. Oh, All right, last one up. One to go. It's Vadric, Astral Archmage. One, a blue and a red for a one-two legendary human wizard. If it's neither day nor night, it becomes day as Vadric enters the battlefield, which is interesting because Vadric is not a transform card. Yeah. Uh, it says instants and sorcery spells you cast cost X less to cast where X is Vadric's power. Vadric, oh. remember, comes in as a one-two, so it reduces your instants and sorceries by one natively. And it says whenever day becomes night or night becomes day, put a one-one counter on Vadric. So okay. very probably you're going to play this card, it'll become day, and then if anybody casts two spells in their turn, which is likely to happen... It'll become night, and Vadric will get a plus one, plus one counter. So I think you can count on it being a two, three. So Vadric, my question is, is this good enough as just one blue-red, all of your instants and sorceries cost one less to cast? It's close. I mean, we already have that in Goblin and Electromancer. Yeah. So, and that's never been in your command zones. It's close. I think probably, like, it's kind of a little bit better than a Mana Dork in that case, as long as, and this is assuming, like, 80% of your deck is instant sorceries, of course. Right. Yeah. It reminds me of Mizzix. Did it remind you of Mizzix? Oh, yeah. I immediately thought of Mizzix. Yeah. So Mizzix is two blue and a red, two, two. Whenever you cast an instant sorcery spell with a CMC or a mana value greater than the number of experience counters you have, you get an experience counter. And then instant sorceries you cast cost one less for each experience counter you have. We both had Mizzix decks back in the day. <laughs> I famously played like the first 10 or 12 games with my Mizzix decks and never lost with it. Like it was yeah. very powerful. I haven't played it in years because it's kind of mean. I took mine apart because it yeah. was just, it was very similar and it had a bunch of really clean and easy win conditions once you got like three experience counters on Mizzix, which wasn't that hard. Yeah, and I think this one's going to be a little bit different, but there will be some similarities. So mm -hmm. the first thing you're going to want to do, obviously, is pump Vadric's power because 
when you, as you get its power up, it reduces the cost of your spells by more. And you can use pump spells because those are instants and sorceries, which means Vagic will, will be reducing the cost of the spells that pump its power to then re- further reduce the cost of subsequent spells. They're kind of like rituals at that point. Yeah. So you've got like Unleash Fury, Rush of Blood, Reckless Charge. Um, you can cast for one red to give him plus three and then cast it from flashback, which will be one red at that point. Right. So two red mana gives plus six. Yeah, now your instant sorcerers cost six mana less. That's Yeah, seven really actually because they started at one. Probably oh, right, eight right. because he started at two. So yeah. Uh, there's some equipment I think you could run to pump his power, like Rune Chanter's Pike. This, oh, yeah. This basically pumps the power by the number of instants and sorceries you've got in your graveyard. And that's a permanent pump, right? Yeah. It stays on him, so he's ready to not work out again, if that makes sense. Leering <laughs> Emblem seems really good. Whenever you cast a spell, equipped creature gets plus two, plus two until end of turn. So now oh, you... so that could really ramp out of control really quickly. Exactly. And I think you still play like sort of Feast and Famine because yeah. it gives plus two, plus two, and also untaps all your lands. Okay, so now we're in the... You know, now you've got Vadric's power up there super high you're reducing the cost of your instants and sorceries by a lot what do you do with all of that mana and what we found with mizzix and i think is very true here is that x spells always scale so yeah. you want to play a bunch of x spells x gonna give it to you um, <laughs> Ms. X gonna because give no it matter to you. how much power vadrick's at you can use all of it and be super efficient um x counter spells become really really good so there's cards like clash of wills syncopate mind swipe they basically say counter target spell unless opponent pays x mana yeah mind swipe might just be able to kill someone too because it deals x damage it's x blue red to counter a spell unless the oh, unless it's a control plays x and then it does x damage to the controller so if you've got vadrick's power up to like 12 or 13 it's just like one blue and a red deal 13 to you counter that spell yeah um then you've got x card draw spells so yeah. stroke of genius blue sun zenith commander's insight this is if you get vadrick's power like if you went reckless charge reckless charge from flashback unleash fury it's, you know, Vadric's power could easily be like 16 to 20. Right. And now you're like, okay, Stroke of Genius, that cost me one blue mana, and I draw 14. Oof. And now, like, whatever 14 cards I drew, they're all reduced by, you know, 20 mana or whatever. Yeah, you got so much mana to work with there. So you can then do a Blue Sun Zenith again, or a Commander's Insight. This, this deck can easily Blue Sun Zenith kill people. I used to do that with my Mizzix deck quite a right. bit. Mill someone else out, right? Yeah, because you're just like, oh, X is actually equal to 73 now, because you just, you know, do crazy stuff, and you're like, mill you out, mm-hmm. you know. Um, X damage spells, like the Earthquakes we talked about with Rem, are yep. going to be really good. Just Fireball often works, because you just have X is equal to, you know, it's reducing the cost of the spell by 40, and you're like, one red mana, Fireball kill you. But also, if I have five red mana, kill everybody. Uh-huh. Uh, that kind of stuff. Forks. This- yeah. yeah, Fork is the way that you really just take it over the top. Get two players at the same time because it's probably going to kill Vadric as yeah. well. Um, and then, I don't know who wrote this, but Extra Turns, not oh, an X spell, but it is a way still to... still X spells. Extra Turn <laughs> spells are still X spells. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> so you can just cast Expropriate for Blue Blue or Time Stretch for Blue Blue at some point. And then you're almost guaranteed to start winning the game once you get two extra turns and you have a mana reduction of 15 or whatever yeah. Vadric's at. Some of that, it depends on what the pump spells are. Like if it's Rune Chandra's Pike, that's going to work a lot better than yeah. if it's uh, Unleashed Fury or something. But if you draw enough cards, you can keep his power high. I'm pretty yeah, sure yeah. that won't be a problem. Uh, and then you do want some non-X spells. And the stuff that work tends to work the best is those spells that say like untap X lands or the you know three lands or whatever when yeah. you do this. Because you're often paying one mana to do something and then also untap three lands. So you, you gain mana on yep. the exchange. So yep. um, Frantic, Frantic Search, Search and Rewind card. are two that I really like. Um, 
And then buyback works with the reduction. So yep. if you have capsize with buyback. This is how I won most of my Mizzix games. Yeah, you just, just like bounce everything everybody's got because it's too blue to bounce something and then capsize returns to my hand and do it again. Yep. So if you like high tide and then capsize, boom. Um, reiterate also works. I, I won a lot of games with reiterate. Yep, you just well. pay the buyback cost of three, and it only costs red, red, so you just copy the thing you're going to kill everyone with three times, and you mill everyone else out, or you make them a draw out with Blue Sun Zenith or whatever it is. Yep. Um, and then there's a bunch of win conditions as well that people have done with Mizzix. So if you, like, cast ten spells, and then you cast Mind's Desire, and then you reiterate that or whatever, you just blame. You start off. casting a ton of stuff. Um, if you have reiterate and then like a card like reset or turnabout, you get infinite mana and then you just cast a lightning bolt with your reiterate a billion times. Often you find those things with fire minds foresight because it only costs you two mana. Yep. And then you can do enter the infinite and beacon of tomorrows and take infinite turns because beacon of tomorrow is the only card in your deck. And every time you cast it, it goes back into your deck. So you just cast it every single turn and you know, you win. Yep. Hooray. It's not, honestly, it's very powerful. But it's not that exciting, I think, because I've seen it before. Well, it, you know, it might be exciting to people out there. We've done it. Yeah, 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 true. So this is very similar to a thing we did, but it was years ago. So a lot of people maybe haven't seen this. I can understand. It, it is a very powerful deck. Yep. Um, it has a lot of interaction because um, you often have these like one mana counter spells that are actually like very powerful because the X is actually equal to whatever Vadric's power is. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, you're, you can definitely win a lot of games with a deck like this. But after you've done it a bunch of times, yeah, I find that I don't play mine anymore. You took yours apart. One yeah. thing I'll note uh, is be careful to avoid cards in the deck that have a lot of colored pips in their cost. Ah, uh, right. That tends to be the biggest thing that's holding you back. You want things that are like one blue and, you know, if it's one blue and six, that's great. You can mm-hmm. do that, no problem. But blue, blue, and, and four is a lot worse because you actually end up having to pay for actual land mana from your lands which right. you don't want to do with uh, a card like vadric yeah like blue sun zenith is an amazing card but it's got blue 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 yeah. in it commander's inside i think has four blue pips in it so it will hold you back on those turns where you're like crap i don't actually have enough lands to go off to give me the colored to. mana that yeah. I need. yeah 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 okay all right so that's gonna wrap it up for the multicolored commanders from midnight hunt the main set uh we always do this at the end of our set reviews josh what do you think is the most powerful new commander of the 11 we talked about today okay um, I saw yours because we've got ours written down. Yep. So uh, we have different ones. I think it's Slogurk, only because the Lands Matter deck is a known quantity. And uh-huh. This is a version of that. And we know that just the Lands Matter shell in a Simic deck is going to be very, very powerful. So Yep, it's got all the colors for it. I chose Vadric because I think of my experience with Mizzix. I just know how out of hand this can get and how quickly it can get out of hand too. Sometimes it's just out of nowhere on one turn. Blam, they're casting spells and drawing 15 cards, taking two turns, and then ugh, it's just all over. Yeah, I do think Vadric's a little less powerful than Mizzix because the experience counters are just really hard to interact with. Oh, you're right. Yeah, and you can always recast Mizzix yeah, and still but, have that. But. but listen, this is a very powerful card. You you could easily be right. Vadric Slogurk was my is very two. good, too, because it can protect itself, which is really important. All right, what's your personal favorite, though? Not necessarily most powerful. I'm going to be a little boring. I'm going to go with the commander that I'm playing on game nights with Ludovic Necrogenius. I really like the fact that you can get Phage onto the battlefield without having to cast it from your hand. And there's a bunch of really interesting stuff you can do. And it's just a lot of flexibility, right? I have, uh, for instance, Arcanus the Omnipotent in my deck, and I just love the idea of entombing that turn one, casting Ludovic, and then copying it, and then all of a sudden just being able to draw three cards. Oh, feels so good. Sounds so good. I'm going to say Tovalar, because I've been excited about werewolf decks for a while and hoping they they built a cool commander. I didn't get to play it on game nights because one of the guests chose it before I could. (laughs) Um, And I think Rem also gets an honorable mention for me. Rem is a deck that's going to be... 
earthquake.tech though i didn't want to play it on game nights because it was going to just wipe the board over and yeah. over and probably create a game that's not super fun to watch but at the same time like i think it's a cool boros commander that i'd like to try i guess um, i'll give liesa my honorable mention because i i'm actually thinking about building it now that we've talked a little bit more about it liesa liesa also it's a cool name even exactly. though we have no idea how to Someone's say Someone's going to tweet us and be like, it's actually Lisa. We it just... can't be Lisa. It's There's already a spelling for Lisa. Oh, come on. There's I so guess many, there's, there's multiple spellings for like John. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's not that John. That argument sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can't even agree on John, so know, there could right? be two spellings for Lisa, I yeah, suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Well. <laughs> All right. To the listeners, what new commander are you the most excited to build? What sweet tech do you have uh, for our community? You know, is there a commander we talked about and there's a card where you're like, that card has to be in there and we didn't even talk about it? Ooh. Please let us know in the comments below. Yeah, we love to see it because we may head on over to cardkingdom.com slash command zone to pick up that card that you talked about that was so exciting that we completely missed on this set review. Again, cardkingdom.com slash command zone. It's the place where you can get the cards you need. You're already going to get them. You can also buy accessories there. You can pre-order stuff from new sets. You can snag something really sweet in foil or whatever it is. They'll get the cards to you fast. They have great customer service and we've trusted them for years. Yeah, for years and years. And also, once you get those cards, you want to make sure that they are protected, that they stay in great condition so they retain their value. The best way to protect your cards is with Ultra Pro products. They really do make the accessories that Jimmy and I trust our own collections with. You know, we're going to put these cards when we get them into an Eclipse sleeve. Mm -hmm. We're going to play them on a nice Ultra Pro playmat. We're going to keep those decks safe and sound inside a Satin Tower or a Mythic oh, yeah. Archive uh, deck box of some kind, Mythic Vault. Um, our own Game Nights deck box is yep. Ultra Pro as well. Love yep, it. for sure. So make sure you support Ultra Pro products because by supporting that, you are supporting us. Yeah. All right. Now it's time for the end step where we talk about something cool outside the world of magic. I haven't done to, the D's one in a while either. I wanted to do an end step, even though for set reviews, we haven't been doing them, but there's a lot of cool stuff on the horizon. I know. Three of my favorite books of all time have or series have like stuff coming out, movies did or TV shows. Did you see the trailer? I did, oh, I man. did. We can talk about another one, but yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to waste them all right now. I want to yeah, save yeah, them yeah. for three end steps. So the first one, the one that's coming out the soonest I want to talk about though, have you read the foundation books? I haven't. I've heard about them. I've seen a lot of buzz about them online as well. Yeah, so Isaac Asimov, this is one of the great classic uh, sci-fi series, but book of all time is called mm -hmm. Foundation. Highly recommend it. It's a fa fast read, actually. It's not, oh, cool. it's not super long. Uh, this is going to be a series on Apple Plus coming up, and it looks really, really cool. Like, is there a trailer out for that? Yeah, there's oh, a couple gotta, of trailers. Watch it then. It's David Goyer, okay. um, who like wrote some of the Batman movies, and I actually worked with him on uh, the Unborn movie, really nice guy, and it, it looks beautiful. Um, so I'm really excited based on the trailer. It's coming out, I believe, like September 23rd. or, or Ooh, So soon. Yeah, like in a few weeks. Uh, so anyway, I, I, I really like the look of it, uh, and the Foundation books are really good books, so it's like... That makes me feel good when there's like a good story foundation that they're building around. That like, story foundation, you say? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Isaac Asimov, absolutely classic writer. If you have not even heard of him before, check it out. Yeah, Seems really for exciting. Sure, for sure. So, look forward to that. Uh, I hope everybody out there will watch it, and I hope it's good. Yeah, we can talk about it on Twitter or something. <laughs> <laughs> We're not coming back to it because we have two other books yeah. <laughs> that are going to be pieces of media soon. Uh, the cleanup set. Big thanks to the amazing team here at the Command Zone. We are growing. So a big thanks to Lady Danger, Manson Lung, Craig Blanchett, Ashlyn Rose, Alfred Asaka, Josh Murphy, Jake Boss, Patrick Nan, Jordan Pridgen, Arthur Meadowcroft, Sam Walder, Gaurav Galati, and Truck Ty. Truck, the newest member of the team. Welcome to the team, Truck. Beep, beep. Okay. At, at the time we're recording this, he's not even here yet, but yeah. by the time you're watching this, he will be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and big thanks, as always, to Jeffrey Palmer for providing the living card animations that start and end our show, or just start our show, actually, on uh, youtube.com slash podcast. You can find him at livingcardsmtg. Yeah, he also does uh, some of the Windows animations behind us. He did this one. Oh, nice. Thousand Year Storm. 
Probably good done. in the Vadric deck. Yeah, I was going to say, perfect for the Vadric deck. All right, everybody, we've got a lot more Midnight Hunts coverage coming up, so make sure you hit that subscribe button and you tune in because we're going to be talking about monocolored commanders, oh, yeah. commander precon decks, and all the cards that go in your 99 over the coming weeks. So don't go anywhere. All right. See you guys next time. Peace. Bye-bye. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.